This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 182. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and nowadays everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish, and Finn Balor gets attacked because he forgot about Keith. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to be a hell of a week today because we get to talk about NXT, AEW, SmackDown, and oh my God, Nick, there's so much news. There's so much news. There's so much news to talk about today. <laughs> I, am, I am beside myself with the amount of things we have to discuss today. It's an exciting time to yes. be a fan of wrestling. Woo! Yes, it is indeed. So let's not waste any time. Let's get all the housekeeping stuff out of the way real quick, okay. and we can dive right in. Let's Guys, come it. over. Come over to the Facebook discussion group. Uh, you just go over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open. Uh, you can like our page and hit the join button to join our discussion group where you'll find all kinds of fun topics, memes, good discussions about wrestling. It's a fun, safe, positive environment. We love that about you guys. Thank you for keeping it that way. You'll also find a link at the top to our Discord server for our Discord community where we have live chats for all of the shows throughout the week and dedicated channels for all pay-per-views all throughout the year. In addition, for December, for our bonus episode, we are going to be doing the inaugural Busty Awards uh, all throughout the year. And we thought, let's crowdsource it. Let's make it a little bit fun. Let's put a poll up there and let people decide the categories they want to hear. And Ian, I got to tell you, there are some really, really good ones and fun ones coming in. And I can't wait to do that episode. So make sure you guys vote because we're going to be taking the top 10 of the, all those categories that are listed and making those the inaugural Busty Awards for the 2019. The Busties, really? Did we the vote busties. on this? Did we the vote busties. on this name? The Busties. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we actually had a discussion about the spelling. You may have forgotten that with all the news that you've been swimming in all week. But yeah, I, we... we <laughs> remember I, I wanted I, to do T's like T-E-E and we were like, Busties, yeah, screw it. Let's just have a good fun, good fun time with it. So it's a little bit, you know, on the nose. Joke. 
Uh, it, it's a bit of a joke, but at the same time, it's going to be fun, a lot like the categories uh, that we're going to pick for that. But make sure you vote because it's important. You guys are determining the categories, but you got to be in the Facebook group to do that. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, where we also do our weekly patron mailbag episode for all of our patrons immediately after this show today on Saturday. So roughly 5 p.m., but it's, it's we always start immediately right after we uh, finish with this one. But make sure you're subscribed over at youtube.com slash open and jingle that little notification bell so you get alerted any time we go live or put up new videos, which i got to say, we've been doing a lot of those lately, and they've been going yep. over like gangbusters. So thank you for liking all of the videos and sharing them. We're trying to overload the algorithm so we can get more hits and more subscribers and all the good stuff on the YouTube, so all of your help definitely uh, assists in that, and we thank you for it. Last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are the fuel that rocks this machine, and we couldn't do it without all of you. But if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those tiers where you can get access to listener questions, full copies of our show notes that we use to record the show every week just at the $5 tier. And if you want to get on bonus episodes at the $10 tier, sweet swag at the higher tiers, and hell, even a, a Skype call with me and Ian once a month at the $50 a month tier. So yeah, all of that stuff is over at patreon.com slash BWO. We try to keep all the ads out of the show that is our one source of income that we use for this show for you guys to keep things clean and clear so all your help is much much appreciated oh goodness ian i don't want to waste any more time i want to get things in gear kick it in the ass let's go over and talk about aew Well, AEW kicked off this week with a a pretty hot three-on-three tag match the young bucks and dustin rhodes versus uh, Proud and Powerful, PNP, and Sammy Guevara. Mm. Uh, Good way to start the show, man. Hot match. Very fun. We've Uh, seen that Bucks and and LAX match up several times ourselves in the uh, the local scene. So a lot of fun. That was what was – what was – I was wondering about this was, did this serve – I mean, it was a great match. It was fun. It was hot. Young Bucks and Dustin won. Uh, Dustin looked great still. I mean, that that dude – you know, we were saying for a while there how incredible he looked back in WWE, and they never used him. Um, did this serve any purpose beyond just being a cool match? Like, I, you know, I'm one thing I want to do is all these years we've been throwing critiques at WWE, and the critiques are X, Y, and Z. Well, if the same thing comes up on AEW, I don't want to let them off the hook because well, it's AEW; they're new and fresh. And no, like, did this? What was the purpose? What were the stakes in this match? Uh, like, I don't you, really. Did, you, did, uh, did do, you have anything? Did you see anything, or was it just no? A that we cool we're going to have a big discussion about stakes and wins and losses mattering in this episode of uh, Busted Wide Open today because that was mostly ignored throughout this episode of AEW. You so think? I, I, I want to get through some of that, yes, uh, but I don't okay. want to ruin anything we're going to talk about later uh, or further right. down the AEW section. But yeah, this I'm never mad at a Young Bucks and an LAX matchup. That's always going to be a good time. Sprinkle a little Dustin Rhodes and Sammy Guevara on there, too, to make it f- more, even more fun. Psh, fantastic. So right. I, I have no complaints about this. I don't know what the story is. We had a, another singles match between two tag teams uh, later on in the show. So several of these, actually. So I really, I think they're nailing the tag division in AEW. as completely opposite of what they're doing in WWE as they can. I mean, Man, it was I, I it was fantastic. one of their like mission statements. When we do oh, yeah. AEW, we're going to have the greatest tag division in the world, which 
honestly looking at the competition, they, they didn't have to work too hard for that. Right. But I guess my question is, is okay, I see that the Young Bucks and, the, and PNP are having a feud. There's kind of an ongoing thing between the elite and uh, the inner circle. Beyond that, this was just a match, and that was something that, I, you know, I just had to take a step back on and as a minor gripe, be like, you guys got to watch out for that because this match is exciting now because everyone's new and fresh. Five years down the road, this would not have been an exciting match other than it was well worked, right? So yeah. that's, and that's something that's kind of a theme of the AEW show today was honestly this week, I, start, I started kind of seeing the cracks in the AEW product a bit. Um, places where I, I was going, you know what, guys, be careful of this, be careful of that. Uh, you, you you know, make sure you don't fall into certain habits. Sure. Um, so that was one. Next, the be- next match we had was uh, Phoenix and Trent, and this is coming off of a couple of weeks of the best friends beating the Lucha Brothers, and so then we have a singles match. Neither of the other, unlike in WWE, where you see like you know, we have singles tag singles matches from the tag teams all a, lot, a few a few times if you're building for a, a tag match at a pay per view. Yeah. But usually the other member is at at ringside. Here it was a straight up singles match. It was Phoenix, and it was Trent. And honestly, another really fun match. I mean, I really you can't fault the work rate. You can't fault the, uh, the actual wrestling in AEW. But, uh, but I, don't, I don't know where they're heading with this. Like, is this an ongoing feud between best friends and Phoenix? Phoenix picks up the win here uh, after a really fun match. But uh, yeah, where does, this, where does this leave both teams? I'm not sure I remember where this came from in the first place. I know we've got a feud going on between SCU and Pentagon and Phoenix over the the, uh, Christopher Daniels and Pentagon, which we also had that match. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I'm not sure where the best friends and uh, Phoenix and Pentagon Lucha Bros came from. Well, this has been – yeah, they've had a match on Dark. Trent has been going singles for a bit now. I don't know why Chucky T hasn't been working, but Hmm. Trent has been going singles. He pinned Pentagon. He pinned Phoenix, and this was just another – match in that series and phoenix got his back basically but okay. that's that which but that's a, that's a thing it's starting to feel a little bit like 50 50 booking with nothing advancing yeah. i didn't feel this would this had advanced anywhere there's no. stuff going on with scu and uh and the lucha brothers where i feel like there's an actual story there's things that they're advancing there's things that they're trying to build towards um but we'll get into that later on in this show because this that's on that's what was on the show as well but this whole thing with the best friends and lucha brothers i don't know what we're doing here I have no idea. I like the matches. I like the performers. But beyond that, I have no idea what's going on. The same thing is going on with what's happening with Cody. Cody came out after this to uh, discuss uh, what happened last week, which was him getting attacked by two new guys, the Butcher and the Blade, who nobody knew, which was a bit of a problem. Uh, This week, Butcher and Blade got a bit of a video package, which was there. I didn't really, it didn't really hit me either way, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. What did you think about their, the Butcher and Blade video package that you saw? Are you, are you talking about the, the thing where Allie cut a promo with them standing off to her sides? Yep. Yeah. It was all right. It was Allie talking. Yeah. It was, but it didn't, I, nah, I still don't know anything about him. Do I like Give her as me. a valet? Uh, I'm, I'm torn. I'm 50-50 on that. Uh, it could work out really well, but I think she could really enhance the women's division. Uh, I don't. I prefer I, I, this to like ha, you skeptically know, the optimistic is what I'll throw yeah, at the butcher and the okay. blade and the bunny, you know. And you know what? Same here. Skeptically optimistic. Obviously, great look to everything, but I still don't know. Uh, apparently, I guess MJF hired them to attack Cody. Is the underlying story? Which okay, cool, um, fine. He's got go war somewhere. With Why it. would he do that? Go somewhere with it. Uh, why not? The more, the merrier. Yeah, right. All right. 
He's got Warlow's personal bodyguard. These are his mercenaries. I don't know. Okay. Hey, cool. All right. Hey, I like factions. Bring me some factions. That's fine. Exactly. But, you know, it's still, it came out of nowhere, and the fact that nobody knew who they were when they showed up last week is a problem. And that's and then that's lies on them. They needed to give us some sort of introduction. Either have Jim Ross know who it was at the time, and he didn't, right? Or have Zing. it start like something like this. <laughs> you know, uh, so didn't that's, the Dark Order suffer from this as well in the beginning? Yeah, it was more of a spectacle, time. and now they're doing these these huge videos of, of them, almost like Scientology, trying to get people to sign up and stuff Which like are that. Which are great. And, and they're fantastic. And, look, and I'm like, and why weren't you doing this before you ever debuted them? Exactly. Now we know who they are. We can invest in them. Like they now they have a character. And say what you will about Vince McMahon, but he's very much gimmick first. Um, he just very rarely has gimmicks that have any depth. They're very cartoony and one dimensional. Yeah. And doesn't really let you do anything cool with them. But he's not wrong. People need something to grab onto. Something substance. That's easily some well, it doesn't even have to be substance, just something that you can easily grasp. When someone comes out, you go, Oh, that's the that's the evil Scientology guy, right? It's dark order or Oh, the, you know, Butcher it's and Blade. Zenu. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, evil it's a, Zenu instead of evil Luna. <laughs> sure. Okay. Right, exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's here to if check. If you know your, your Scientology, you know what I'm referring to. He's here to check your midichlorian count or whatever it is. Right. Um, <laughs> to trap your souls in ice blocks and send them uh, out into cinnamon, space drop, cruisers. Drop them into volcanoes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We could head down that whole path. Uh, do you want to go on a boat, Nick? Let's go on a boat. Let's go on Ooh. a cruise. They have their whole Navy. Um, but no, that, that now we can, we can joke about it. We have a bit of a better grasp as opposed to, Hey, look, it's the guitarist from every time I die wearing a monocle and some guy who's wearing David Cronenberg's mask from Nightbreed and a hot chick in a bunny outfit. Like, okay, cool, cool looking, but who are you beyond that? Right. So that's, and that's a little thing, but it is one thing that philosophically speaking, um, WWE is, is kind of right on. Um, if you're going to have people that are a little bit more of these out there characters and it's, it's, it's a philosophical thing that could definitely be argued. You know, if you look at new Japan, um, sometimes, you know, you tell, you tell who you are in the ring and that's fine, but that's the expectation of their audience in, in America. If you're presenting yourself as an alternative to WWE, which AEW supposedly is, you've got an audience that's speaking that language and yeah. One of the, the faults of AEW right now is they're being presented a little bit as WWE light or, um, hey, look, we're uh, WWE, with, WWE with a little bit more uh, hip cred. But, you know, if you're going to be dealing in the same kinds of uh, tropes, then you need and, and talking to the same audience, you need to be speaking to them kind of in a language that they understand. Yeah. And to that end, you've got to define your characters in similar ways. And like you said, they're doing that right. Now with the with the Dark Order, but they certainly weren't when they first came out. Yeah. And this is this is basically the Dark Order again, where Butcher and Blade come out. And we're like, hey, all right, you look cool, but so what? Was it a little bit of ego in the beginning? You think oh, we've been at this a couple of months now with AEW on Dynamite and with with AEW Dark as well. Do you think it was a little bit of ego that people would just know who all these people that they signed were? Well, not just that, but know who these people who they signed were. We're watching uh, Being the Elite. We're watching all of their YouTube content. We're watching yeah. EW Dark. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they're putting on their show now. Where and and all, it's kind of on their commentary team too. Like, if there's stuff, you have to go in there assuming people are only watching your flagship show. 
Yes. Right. If there's any lesson to learn from WWE, it's that, frankly. Like it's I mean, look cool at, look to have. It, yeah. No, no, you're right. You know, it's it's cool to have your stuff being built on other uh, platforms. That's fine. Add more depth. But the top level stuff, like the big stories, you've got to have on your main show. And if they're not, if there's something big happens somewhere else, do what WWE does and show us the video clip of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If so-and-so got attacked and they come out with a broken arm and you never mentioned the broken arm, we're just sitting there going, what the hell is this? Well, how does this feed into the story? Especially if that broken arm has something that's very relative to do with the story. So, yeah, you can't just assume everyone's watching everything and you can't just assume that, well, if they're not watching, they will if they want to know everything that's going on. And no, that's going to drive people away because they're going to be sitting there being, being confused. Yeah. So that's – I don't know if it's arrogance, but it's definitely um, – something that they have to be careful of. True. Very so, true. Um, and, it's, and it's communication with the, with the commentary. We mentioned how the commentary ha- seems to have a bit of a disconnect. They've got to get on the same page with their commentary and tell them, like, this is the story we're telling. Make sure you, you hit these bullet points. And you don't have to be screaming in their ear like Vince McMahon to do that. So. I, I enjoy Excalibur, and I, I think I said enough earlier on the uh, Tuesday show this week about JR stuff. I don't need Oklahoma and podcast and chili references interrupting Excalibur calling out somebody hitting a big move. And I've, <laughs> I've gone back and watched, and after watching this week's, it was a little bit more... Oh, man. I'm paying a little bit more attention to what's going on. And if you were interrupting him with a, one of your legendary, by God, or good God almighty, he's broken in half, something like that, but I don't, I don't need the self-advertisement, JR. And that kind of stuff just really... Mm, especially when you're interrupting somebody that's play-by-playing the match as well as Excalibur does, don't interrupt me for that. If you want to react to what happened in yeah. the match, fine. It's weird because I, it's hard for me to think of JR doing color, but he's kind of become the color guy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Like Usually yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the... I'm classically used to him being the straight man, the play caller. He's, so, he's not fast enough to do that anymore in today's wrestling. Right, oh, though, absolutely, I absolutely. Yeah. I think it's the right idea to have Excalibur calling all these crazy... And also, also all the crazy moves that are happening right now. Um... But, uh, but okay, so the Cody segment, we also had him calling out MJF. He said, okay, MJF has, has put it out there that he says he's never going to wrestle me. He'll wrestle everybody except for me. Well, guess what, MJF? I'll give you my truck. I'll give you $10,000. I'll give 50. you my watch. Give you, is it $50,000? $50,000. Oh, my goodness. He's going to give him the watch off of his wrist, the shoes off of his feet. He didn't throw in, he didn't throw in Pharaoh, not yet, but... Uh, he basically was like, I'll give you everything. You let me get my hands on you. Mm. Um, so he wants, he wants MJF, but uh, Butcher and Blade want Cody, and he, Cody has to pick a uh, – let's see, you know, Butcher and Blade had to pick Cody's partner, and they gave him QT Marshall as his partner for next week. So, okay, this should be interesting. I'm, I'm curious where they're going with this. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad storyline angle by any stretch. Um, but again, Butcher and Blade, we've got to get more definition from them. And yeah. – um, uh, yeah, I'm curious. It's kind of old school what they're doing with the MJF is dodging Cody, and Cody's like just doing anything to try and get him. That so. I have no problem with. I like all yeah. of that, but I don't understand why Butcher and Blade are involved in it at all, other than the fact that they attacked him from behind. Right. Yeah. It needs to be. Well, okay. I, it, I, again, I, I believe it's been defined somewhere that MJF hired them, but. All right. Yeah, not needs to be needs to be defined more. Yeah. Uh, we had a Nyla Rose segment. She had a match with Leva Bates, who she pretty much murdered. Peter Avalon got in her face, tried to shush her during the match. He got murdered. Uh, and then after the match, Shauna came in and tried to take out Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose not having it. She uh, ended up putting Shauna 
through a table and then grab the ref and powerbomb the ref onto Shauna's corpse. It was the other well. way around. He, was, oh, was powerbomb Shauna first down. And then Shauna? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's was Shauna onto the ref. That's right. She, yeah. The, the ref tried Poor to Rick stop Knox her. went through the table first. Rick, dude, Rick Knox. Yeah. Rick Knox. Taking bumps like a champ. Mm. Rick Knox. Love that man. Has, has, has all my love. There's a couple of the other refs that are kind of, eh, I don't really know right now. Aubrey, him and Aubrey are killing it, but the other two are like, mm. Oh, whatever. They're, right. they're, they're fine. They're getting used yeah. to this. Um, but no. So, okay. So this is, and then at the end of it all, we find out that, uh, Nala Rose has been suspended indefinitely due to her actions. What, uh, what, what are we doing here with Nala Rose? We're making Don't her know. a killer. She's killing. I, 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 are we, is this a feuder building with Shauna? Like what's, what's the idea here? She's a monster. She's going through everybody. She's super angry. That's fine. And you know, and we got the, uh, the Britt Baker on looking like we got from, uh, from takeover. That's from- Adam Cole's girlfriend. <laughs> Became yeah. a meme. Everyone's doing the, the, Oh, Oh, everyone's doing the Britt Baker. I, I, okay. It's It's a cute little joke. Don't make a bigger thing. Like uh, honestly, like I've seen people really bitching about like, how dare they do that. That's stupid. They're just driving, you know, views to NXT and all this stuff. And we'll talk about some other aspects of, of AW driving to NXT. It's okay. It's cute. It's a little nod. Don't make it a thing. Don't make it an ongoing. Every week, someone's doing the Brit Baker, but a one-off. That was cute. It was cute. Yeah. I laughed. Um, but what do you think? What's the plan with Nyla Rose here? Where are uh, we going? I, this I think they're still. I think they're still in experimental mode with the women's division. We've got some new faces that showed up uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's just see again. I'm, I'm letting go of the wheel and just kind of seeing what happens with the women's division. I I've said from the beginning, it was wrong to make Riho the first champion. I think we've all collectively agreed that that was a Kenny call. And I think they should have put it on a big monster, a dragon to slay. And it had the whole women's division going after the dragon. Well, they kind of did that with the men's. They did the total opposite of that. They, well, they did it with the men's. They put it on Jericho. It's, it's almost impossible to beat Jericho. And the women's division, they put it on this little cute baby face. And they're building all these monsters now. And all these monsters are going to be coming for that baby face pretty soon. I mean, sure. obviously, she did beat Nyla for the championship in the first place. But you've got a lot of other women in the division now that are starting to look very strong. Um, which we'll get One to in of a which second. that we're going to talk about has my complete attention right now after yeah, her match. Same. I know exactly who you're talking about. We'll get to her in a second. But first, yeah. speaking of Le Champion, Chris Jericho had another seg- another awesome segment. The highlight of the show for me was this segment here. Um, he said that he was contractually ob- obligated to defend his championship one more time in 2019. This is where we're, things start getting, getting interesting. Right. So he's contra- he's contractually obligated to ha- to defend his title one more time, uh, and he brought out the list of Jericho. Uh, excuse me, the <clears throat> the lexicon of Le Champion, because he can't have the list of Jericho anymore. So now he's got a, the lexicon of Le Champion, which, as the bibliophile of Buster Wide Open, I particularly appreciated that. Yes. Um, and he, def- he read off a long list of everyone who he's not going to defend the title against. He said uh, he said John Moxley a bunch of times as he was reading off the list. Uh, but he did not say the two people that came out next, and that was uh, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. And uh, at that point, he said, well, it's not on there now, but the list does include dinosaurs and little kids, so you guys ain't getting a title shot either. Um, anyway, so then Luchasaurus had a little bit of a promo, which is always interesting to see this guy who's enormous and looks like a dinosaur, uh, Sounding like a complete and utter college nerd, like the guy that used to de- like debate Nietzsche with 
while smoking <laughs> cigarettes over coffee in the coffee shop in college. Right. Uh, so he said, basically, long story short, Jungle Boy came out and uh, Jungle Boy challenged Jericho. Jericho said, you couldn't last 10 minutes with me. And uh, they, he challenged him December 18th. We're having Jericho versus Jungle Boy. The whole point of the segment was TNT is saying you have to defend your title against against somebody. And there was an uproar. Jungle Boy hasn't won a match yet. And a lot of people online were saying, well, what, what happened to matches counting and your, your, uh, your win-loss record you know, means you can get title shots. And if you don't have a good win-loss record, you don't get title shots. What happened to that? That's all you're promoting this company on. There's a guy who has not won a match yet. He's getting a title shot. And a lot of people were mad at that. The counter argument, of course, was that's the point. Jericho yeah. has to defend his title. And who better to defend? If he can pick who he's going to defend against, who better to defend against than a guy who can't win a match? So totally. that's lot logical heel work there. In addition, here's the extra twist, is Cody came out within the last, I think, 24 hours and said, we never said it was a title shot after getting flack for this kind of thing. I, this is where I was like, Cody, what are you doing? No, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Let, the, let this play out, dude. It's, it's, Storyline-wise, it made sense. Like, just yeah. explain it to them. Jericho can pick who he wants. If he wants to pick a loser who hasn't won anything yet, he can. That's the story. Don't, the whole point of the story was that it was a title match. He had to have a title match. Don't say it's not a title match now. Whoops. Whoops. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Now it just completely undid everything that you just outlined. Right. So now this flip-flopping back and forth, uh, everyone's got to get on the same page here in AEW. Like, th it's a little bit of a, uh, a cluster here right now. Yeah. So uh, that to, Now it means less to me than it did when you had a guy that had uh, was O in everything uh, challenged for the title. That was, right. that was kind of a perfect setup, if you think about it. But people, I think, had that hip shot reaction of what about what about he hasn't won anything when your life doesn't matter hang on guys hashtag my wrestling yeah hold on it did make sense but now cody responded and said uh no never mind it's not a title shot and now it doesn't make sense again yeah damn it cody sense again come on doesn't make sense to hashtag my wrestling oh all right, so whatever. All of all of the all of that aside, what is the fine. stipulation for the match now? Is it just it's not if it's not for the championship? Then what's the point? I don't, here's the thing. You know, it's funny is because of what Jericho said. They should make it a Jungle Boy has to last ten minutes with the champion match, and then if he does that, then he gets a title shot. Like that would be a way to to serve okay. all of the masters here, wouldn't it? Say, all right, well, I have to have a title shot by the end of the year. Jungle Boy has the last 10 minutes with me, and then he gets a title shot. And then that way the title shot's in the contract somehow. You, a I, way you can explain it all, right? You know what? So they're, they're so new. There's something I've always wanted to introduce, and it's like kind of like in the G1. If you pin a champion, you get you a, get shot a at title the, shot at some point regardless. Right? Exactly. I think exactly. that would be a brilliant thing to institute in AEW. So you could have someone like Jungle Boy that's got O and everything, as a win-loss right. record, but somehow he gets one over, whether it's a cheating angle or Luchasaurus gets involved or something, he still pins Jericho in a non-title match, he gets a legitimate title shot at that Just point. happened with Scorpio Sky, right? Exactly. Scorpio Sky pins exactly. him in a tag match, and now he gets a shot at Le Champion. Because he Make pinned. that a thing. Make that right. part of your codex of and AEW. Then, 
And you can have that add, add into storylines in tag matches where, you know, guys are out there sacrificing themselves so that the, you know, from the inner circle so that Jericho doesn't get pinned. Because if he gets pinned, someone gets a title shot. Right. So that could be a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Could be fun. Make it happen, Sir Rhodes. <laughs> Do it. All right. So next up, we got to talk about someone who definitely we saw last week, but really, really popped my lid this week. Chris Statlander. And he I wasn't Shida. ready for this. Had a great, fantastic match. Fantastic. Oh, I don't even want to talk about the match yet. Let's talk about the entrance of Chris well, Statlander. Just, uh, well, yeah. Huge alien nope. universe nerd, space nerd. And then she nope. comes out with okay. all the aliens weirdo stuff. And I was just like, who, who is this? Yeah. Oh, wait, that, that chick that was a jobber last week, and now all of a sudden she's beating Hikaru Shida in, in a she match? Has a, but Hikaru Shida, the woman with the best record in the women's division, I'll add. Exactly. Uh, beat, beats her clean as a whistle, looks like a monster. And has this weird gimmick where she's, I guess, an alien who's here to learn about Earth through wrestling. I'm in. And like booping people <laughs> on the forehead. Yeah. Like, what? Okay. I'm I, in. Again, <laughs> again, but again, it hasn't really been defined yet. Kind of like Butcher and Blade. I don't know who you are. Like, cool. Butcher and Blade, same thing. Cool looking gimmick. Give me more. With, with Chris, we actually see her in a match this week. Uh, Butcher and Blade, we haven't seen do that yet. Now that I've seen Chris in a match, okay, I'm yeah, you got my attention. Um, and the repertoire moves, how fast right. and well she worked uh, worked in the ring, going with Hikaru Shida move for move. Yeah. Just, I was Could, like, whoa, who is this I chick? Think, she looks awesome. Put the rocket straps on her. I think I saw she's only been wrestling for a little under three years, uh, right around three years, something like that. So still very and, and, and seemed like she was still a little bit new, but my God, the potential is absolutely there. The very high um, ceiling on that, that woman. Yeah, the look, the presence, everything. And it's not like Sheeta's a slouch. No. Hikaru Sheeta's awesome. So this definitely uh, this definitely got my attention, this match. However, they could have Alien match, Charlotte on their hands. I think they do have Alien Charlotte on their hands. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Nanu Nanu. Instead of woo woo. Instead of, instead of woo! woo! Nanu Nanu. Anyway, that's a Mork and Mindy reference. Nanu, Never mind. Nanu. You're all you're all too young. All right. So at the end of this, out comes Brandy and Awesome Kong. And now apparently they are the nightmare collective. And they got some chick from the audience to come into the ring and sacrifice a piece of her hair to Awesome Kong. Uh, you gave the, uh, so Nick just gave the thumbs up to me. Like he's like, you're down with this. You're cool with this. Uh, you're doing a thing. You gave it a name. You gave it a purpose. You gave it a mission and you had a, you had a random person come out of the crowd and just kind of sacrifice themselves for the, the collective. But isn't this, isn't this dark order only with women? Maybe, maybe that's way too similar. I think, I don't think so. I think that's more of a, a cultish vibe. This is more of like a, the voodoo. You know, this is more of a something going on where Brandy's, you know, controlling Awesome Kong through Is some kind Baron of spell. Baron Samedi there? What was that? The voodoo. It, oh, my God. <laughs> it was, I don't know. Was that Papa Shango? What I are you know. doing? No. I have no uh, idea. I don't know what this is either. I, I, all I know is that in presentation, it, it feels a little too close to the Dark Order for me. I would have I separated it more, mm. I think. Not um, yet for made me. It, Okay, well, so so Nick Nick is still okay. Nightmare Collective. Ian is is more on the skeptical side. Nick on the optimistic side. Yes. Uh, we also had a match. Pentagon and Chris Daniels finally had a, a match 
Obviously, Chris Daniels still uh, reeling over the fact that Pentagon cost him the ability to be in those tag team in the tag team tournament. So he's still mad at him. And nothing changed here because Pentagon beat him with a ref distraction and a low blow. Mm. Nick's favorite move, right. the distraction low blow. Um, and he took another package pile driver. Took another package pile driver. On the neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that supposedly to, put him out of commission uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks tried ago. To do a, tried to do a rope move to the outside and completely botched it at one point, Chris. Uh, uh, I, I hope he's okay. That looked nasty coming down. But, um, but it happens. You know, it's not ballet. But uh, I, I guess the thing that I picked, took away from this is, is this the kind of heels we want to see Lucha Brothers being? Like, for me, one of the reasons Pentagon got over was because he was this unstoppable, evil, psycho, ninja, skeleton, undead warrior thing. Luchador thing, yeah. Yeah, and he was just vicious and mean and badass. And he went back and forth between a heel and a face, more, more on the heel side, because sure. he was just an asshole. But he wasn't ever a cheater. And he wasn't ever a backstab. He didn't need to be. That was the point. He didn't exactly. Whereas this feels more like he that he's kind of squirrely. And I've seen Pentagon do all different aspects of himself. Like I've seen him in straight up comedy matches, and it's weird <laughs> to see him in comedy matches. It's fun. He's really good, but it's weird to see him doing comedy matches. If you're gonna have the Lucha Brothers be heels, shouldn't you have them be a little bit more? of like monster heels with Pentagon being the heavy, hard-hitting, badass dude and Phoenix being the insane high flyer who you can't escape. Walk as the entire rope, to, you know, that kind of shit, yeah. Sure. Um, as opposed to just being kind of smarmy, egotistical, cheating heels. Yeah. It doesn't seem to me to be as engaging. The inner circle as, as Jer the, around Jericho has the smarmy heel thing locked up. Uh, right. Smarmy cheating thing locked up. We need monsters. We need monster heels, and they are kind of the perfect tag team to be that, specifically Pentagon, and I don't think they need to be doing low blows. I think this was a bad call. It was, they should not have done this uh, with them. If anything, break his arm afterwards, beat him down right. afterwards, something right. like that. Be that heel for us. Don't be the dick and I'm low not blow saying, heel. Right. I'm not saying you have to you know, copy and ape exactly what they did in Lucha Underground. I don't think you'd, it'd be possible to because that was no. in its own entire world. Right. But something like keep in mind the roots of what got him over in the first place. And it's more on him than Phoenix. Like, you know, obviously Phoenix is, I think, more built as to be a baby face. Sure. He's, that's just his style and his look. There's an inevitable turn coming at some point. He's he just two. is one. Well, it's one. It's like what we always say. There's some, certain people that are that are born to be baby faces. Certain people that are born to be heels. Like they just naturally, you look at them and you automatically just put them in one of those categories. Um, you look at Pentagon. He's got a skull face. You're, oh, he's a heel, oh, right? He's or at least a, oh, at least God, a badass. He's, or he's a yeah. badass, right? Uh, Phoenix is like this. We've we've met him, Nick. He's the sweetest, nicest guy. Yeah. Um, and he was you know, the big baby face of season one in in Lucha Underground as well. Because that's the, that's the impression it he gets. He gives yeah. off like this like sweet, super nice guy feel when you see him, and his move set is all facey too. So yeah, I, I question how they're booking them right now. I question yeah. how they're booking the Lucha. You can have them be heels, but just this is not the best way to portray them as heels. It's kind of it's kind of like Sami Zayn when they first turn him heel. I'm like, it's just not. 
connecting. I, I could see him being a heel, but just not quite like this. So crazy Nick uh, booking moment. Uh, uh-oh. I can. I think they're riding the coattails of the success they had in AAA with the titles against the Bucks coming yes. in as a tag team. I think it's inevitable they split. I think they could have a program where they fight against each other for some honor battle or something along those lines. That they they've got at some point they've got enough things going on in the tag division now that they're. I don't want to say they're not needed. But they don't need them to be a tag team, is the way I would say. Well, but that. the singles division is really packed too, and sure. I think that it's they're going to need to, you know, switch some things up to have that to, to have that work. Other, and like, I think you know, in the I new year we're going to start seeing some of that shell game happening, where they're going to shuffle some chess maybe. pieces around. It makes that's why they came in as as tag team. It's just yeah. the singles market's too full. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, John Moxley Oof. and Joey Janela had another match. Great match, fantastic match. Um, Janela, honestly, like I've cr- been critical of him over the last couple of weeks where, you know, if you're a smaller dude and you're facing bigger dudes, you've got to make me believe that you can take him out. Totally believed it in this match. Well done. He's also been getting himself in some better shape too. Like he looked good when they were facing off the start of this match. He's a little, he's a little oiled up, had those pecs going on. Like definitely he's looking better. Yeah. He's looking better. Um, I love, I love Joey's gimmick. I've always said that like you know him being out of shape kind of goes with his gimmick but on this kind of stage he does need to get a little bit more meat yep. more muscle up there you can have like no abs and be kind of a slob but you got to have more muscle underneath it all right um or something but uh when when is joey going to win a match i guess is my question i i don't know that at this point i, I i'm kind of okay with what he's doing so I, I I'm I'm all right with this because I think there's going to be a moment where he he has a huge win and it's going to be that signature win and it's going to pop him even harder because he hasn't he's almost gotten there so many times at even at this point he's almost gotten there but I think there's going to be that one win that he gets and it's going to be big enough that it'll propel him up. We've got the new ring thing in the mid card that MJF has uh, we mm-hmm. we had we had talked about introducing another mid card up belt upper mid card belt of some sorts a title, um, so th- I, I there's going to be opportunities for these single guys to fight for things that are that are not the AEW championship and I think he's going to have one of those moments uh, yeah. sometime this, in the near you, future. You're saying this is going to be a long term story. I think I think the whole thing with Joey is going to you can he's good enough to where he can eat the losses and still be over with the crowd. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, that is AEW, Nick, but we have plenty more to talk about, starting with NXT. Well, this week, Mara Ranallo was opening things up at NXT, but all of a sudden, you had Killian Dane walk out into the ring and, uh, and interrupt Mara. Killian Dane wanted Damian Priest. And comes yes, he did. roaring out, and, and, and Damian doesn't come out, but you know who does? Damien's got the bum ribs. Yeah. He's got the bum ribs. You know who doesn't have bum ribs? Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. He's not happy with Killian Dane either. Yes. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to have Killian Dane versus <sighs> Pete Dunn. And we did. And you know what? Killian Dane won. It was a smash mouth, hard hitting match. It Kinda delivered. You'd expect. Yeah, it was fine. Killian Dane. Uh, Pete Dunn went for a sleeper hold on the top turnbuckle on Killian Dane. Not the smartest thing he's ever done. Killian Dane falls backwards, full weight lands on Pete Dunn. One, two, three. All over. But the crying, what is the, okay, so these guys are continuing to feud. It sounds like Damian Priest still involved as well. Why have these guys continue to feud? Is this the building towards, we're going towards North American Championship at some point. That's going to get involved with Roddy once he's done with 
everything else that's going on. Um, that's my one question. The other question is, did Pete Dunn, the guy that hadn't been pinned for a year and a half when he was the UK champ, did this make him look like an idiot? No. Trying to, I think try, trying may, to choke I think, a dude I think out? It, I think the fact that Killian Dane did pin him on those grounds makes him look like more of a monster. Um, and, I, okay. and I think he needed this. Uh, so I, I'm fine with it. I think Pete Dunn will be fine. I, I don't want it to have to be for a title or some kind of stakes. I want them but to just Dane be able was, to have a blood feud. Dane was making the, the belt sign at the end of this match. Uh, That's okay. what made me think about it. Was he was going like I don't I couldn't hear what he was well, saying. We we kind robber, of robber, 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 robber. making well, the belt sign. Well, we kind of found out why at the end, right? Or is that going to be, no? That was for different guys. I don't no, know. Different guys. I, I don't. I, yeah. I was trying. I was trying to remember if those guys are going to be involved in that or not, but they're not. So maybe this uh, the worlds collide thing that's happening on the fifteenth or the eighteenth uh, is going to involve that somehow. Maybe the maybe. winner gets a number one contendership for the North American title uh, at the end of the day. So who knows? Uh, yeah. Who, who knows? Dog Ziggler, very excited about the prospect of this being for Worlds Collide. Yes. Uh, we also had your boys, the Forgotten Sons, getting a squash match on Adrian Alanis and Leon Ruff from Evolve. They came over to get murdered by the Forgotten Sons. And, oh. what I, and including at the end of this, what I know had to have been one of your favorite moves of the week, Nick, and that was Jackson Riker choke slamming. Uh, who was it? Adrian Alanis, I think. Choke slamming him. Uh, onto the apron on the outside. He murdered that dude. <laughs> he did. That man oh. has a... By God, he's killed him. He uh, chokeslammed him up over the ropes and down onto the apron. Yep. Holy... Yeah, that... that and I think I even messaged Sheriff McDonald and said, By God! By God, he's killed him. Riker killed that dude. <laughs> yeah, Riker just staring into the darkness, like just like down where the guy fell. Stares like, into his soul. Good Lord. Riker's on the fast track, you boys. He's the prototype. Just kill, just Ian kill hates the man. me saying it, but he's the prototype. Watch out. Okay, It's sure. coming. All right. Yeah, no, wasn't he supposed to main event WrestleMania this year, Nick? How's that going for uh, you? Might How's have that got delayed, going? you know. <laughs> might have gotten delayed. Yeah. Forever. Uh, so Forgotten Sons still, we're being reminded that they're there and that they can be killers. All right, interesting. Matt Riddle, uh, we have an, another rematch with him and Cassius Ono, who came back in. All right. Well, uh, hang on. Totally so Cassius Ono had a match. video promo package thing before the match where he said he's now the, the greatest British wrestler. Huh? He's been over at NXT UK. He's been there for guys. like two weeks. <laughs> he's been there longer than that. I know, but I'm... <laughs> Uh, that's, that's great heel stuff. It's hilarious, you know. That's but uh, but yeah, he came back in uh, once again to lose. Riddle is, I think, four and zero now in their feud. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. This was a great match. It was a fun match. I don't care. Um, the oh, the one thing I did notice was that Ono, when he was cutting his promo, had a little Suzuki gun towel. What? Uh, look at this. Yeah, he had a Suzuki gun towel. I didn't notice that. Show. Okay, yes, I'll have to go did. back and look at that. Yeah, which is very strange because I, I I was like, has Cassius Ono ever even faced Minoru Suzuki? Like, I know he was in Noah. I know he did a little bit of Dragon Gate and some Chikara. But I was like, has he ever faced Minoru Suzuki? I looked it up. He actually has not ever faced Minoru Suzuki in a one-on-one -on -one match. But he has faced him in a tag team uh, two or three times. Hmm. So, like a multi-man tag match. So he has been in the ring with Minoru Suzuki before. Yeah. So... There, so there you go. But he's, he does, he's done a lot of work with Zack Sabre Jr. But that before, Zack Sabre was Suzuki Gun. Anyway, gotcha. long story short. Speaking of New Japan, Kushida! Kushida is back. Kushida is back. 
from his uh, wrist fracture, I believe it was. Yeah. He got in that match with Walter. And uh, he was supposed to have uh, a match with Raul Mendoza. Poor Raul Mendoza did not make it to the ring because he got stomped through the floor by Cameron Grimes. And then Cameron Grimes said, oh, no, 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 your match is with me. And we ended up having a very nice match between Kushida and Cameron Grimes. Uh, where are you at with Cameron Grimes right now, man? Like, I know we were talking about his whole, like, hillbilly bushwhacker uh, from, from the bayou thing um, that we saw last week. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I, it's grown on me. I'm fine with it. Plus, he plays the character really well. He reacts really well. He emotes really yes. well. And I think you need that for that kind of character. And at the same time, it, we've seen enough of Cameron Grimes now to know that he can beat the hell out of you. He can go speedy if you want to. And matching him up with Kushida was nice. Give these guys a little bit more time, and they could put on a friggin' wrestling clinic between the two of them. So I, I think that this is this is a good matchup. I hope we get more of it. But uh, again, we're talk about we talk about stakes a lot on the show. What's what are the stakes here? Are do we see these guys go into? Um, I mean, we've seen Kushida have matches with Walter, but do we see these guys now that NXT's absorbed the cruiserweight? Do we see these guys challenge Leo? Do we see these guys going for the North American or for the NXT? I, I, where does this go from here? Or is this just the a other, feud? Yeah, well, the other question I have is, what's Kushida's purpose in NXT? Right. Is he there to go get himself titles and be a big star? Or is he there to help teach younger guys uh, who are also cruiserweights like himself, how to wrestle multiple different styles because Kushida can wrestle any style. Uh, so is, is he there basically to help other younger guys like Cameron Grimes and work with them? Which, uh, you know, either way, I'm, I'd be happy with. If Kushida's just there um, to be a mentor and be, like, be a, a brain to pick uh, and work these matches and help, you know, train up these guys, that's awesome. Yeah. If Kushida's there to go win a whole bunch of titles, that's also awesome. As long as hey, I just love Kushida. That's a packed I think house the bottom at the line. top of the card right now in NXT, though. Um, no, no, yeah, it's a packed. It's packed all around. By the way, I got to correct myself. I, I'm thinking about it. It was Leon Ruff who took the choke slam from Jackson Riker. Just uh, don't want to. Don't want to go out there and have everyone think that I'm out of my mind. Yeah, uh, I get corrected. So we had uh, speaking of the student and the master. Uh, we had Shayna Baszler. And Zia Lee have a match. Zia been was been uh, bullied by Shayna one too many times. She was not going to take it anymore. And uh, we actually had a. I thought this was a pretty fun match. Short, short match. It was fun. A lot of striking. A lot of really nice st stuff we don't see from Shayna that often. And I thought Zia got to get in there with someone who can actually, you know, respond to her pretty well. I, I actually enjoyed this a lot, even though I thought I was like I wanted more at the end of it. Even 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 though I enjoyed the hell out of it, if Shayna, I would have enjoyed it more if Shayna weren't as established already for the last couple of years as she as she is, because How it was, so? I kind of didn't take it seriously because it was Zaylee. Right, you're to like, be, well, yeah, I know what's happening here, yeah. So and ultimately, yes, we just end up Shayna just grabs her, puts her in a chokehold, and matches over, and that's what you've heard me say multiple times on the show. I'm just kind of. Meh, about that. Like when they were actually striking with each other, and you found someone in the back that can actually go, has the strength and can has the uh, mixed martial arts background as Zia Lee does, that can go toe to toe with Shayna Baszler like that. Yeah, you got me all excited. Well, for about five see, minutes yeah. until Shayna gets her in the clutch, and and we're we're done. And I'm like, which is ah. 
But that's but that's the perfect story to tell for Shayna right now is that you get in there. She's like, okay, Shayna can get in there and grapple. She can get in there and just be mean with people who are trying to just pro wrestle her. Okay, but she gets in there with a striker and she's in there throwing up blocks and and striking back and then just trying to get her into a ground and pound situation. And then as soon as and, and it was Zia Lee came in with that uh, that awesome axe kick and missed and it was that one mistake and Shayna pounced got her in the cure food and it was done i thought that was a really nicely to- told short story there was Shayna, you know she can go toe-to-toe with pretty much anybody zaya looked good but she just made a mistake and sh- you can't make a mistake with Shayna baszler or she will punish you for it what uh, what happens when Shayna baszler finds herself in a match that does where submissions don't count is what i would like to understand I'd like to see her in a match where she can't use the Kirafuda clutch, where she can't submit somebody. I want to see that. I want to see her actually you know, pin somebody. You know, if we're, if we're getting here on, like, just dream booking, what I'd like to see is her in a match like that where, you know, pins, pinfall, it's, it's no submission. It has, it's, it's pinfall only or last woman standing or something. And she uses the Kirafuda clutch. She always, ta- she always says, right, uh, tap, nap, or snap. Snap an arm. Have that be the story that she's actually able to snap someone's arm or leg or whatever. I think that they've used that in one match before where she's actually broken someone's arm. I forget who it was. Dakota Kai? But uh well, no, but that was an end that was the end of the match. I mean, like she broke their arm partway through the match or dislocated like dislocated their shoulder. Um that I always love it when they use that as a storytelling technique in the in the match. If someone is able to sell that properly. I love that. I'm going to start calling it the Kirafuda crutch because that's what I feel like Shayna Baszler. I want wow. to see her do more than that move. And I would, I would give the same. I, I used to have the same critique of Joe, right? When that's Joe, not on them. That's 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 how the way WWE does it. I understand, but I feel like it's the it's the it's, it becomes a one trick pony kind of thing after a while, and it just becomes repetitive. And I'm just but like, that's I, the. Uh, but that's kind of that's how WWE builds its matches. That's why John Cena was known as doing the five moves of doom. Is like sure. all of their top level people do. And we like, all hated it. Minimum, right? I I would love to see someone pull out their full arsenal every time too, and find different ways to submit people. I always prefer the Zack Saber Jr. method of submission wrestling, where he can submit you in seventeen. He just different creates ways. them right there. <laughs> right. Like, I've would, never seen that before. What is that? The Nukata match where we like? What is that? But you're making these matches not for people who watch, you know, necessarily a lot of wrestling and will understand that X, Y, Z are all different, you know, reversals into different submission maneuvers. They're doing it so that anyone will see her go into something that looks like that looks like that, and they'll go, "Oh, that's a submission move. That's her cure food of clutch. That's going to end the match, and that creates the excitement for the match." Is because you you may not know a lot of the different holds she's applying, but as soon as you see that, you know, "Oh, that's a match ender," right? Yeah. People who might not pay as much attention to all the minutia of the matches will see that and go, I know that that's her finishing move. I know that people go to sleep in that. That So that's why it's used so much, Nick. Yeah. All right. Um, whether, whether or not we like it, there is a logic behind it. Uh, I know. Hashtag Marisha. Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. <sighs> Remember when you were worried about her turning heel? Not anymore. Man, nope. Nope, not at all. I think I was gotcha. pretty clear about that on Tuesday. <laughs> you, but you know, you know what? It got even better. Yeah. Uh, she was fantastic this week, too. She called out Rhea Ripley. She and Ripley had a match, and she came out looking just mm, mean as hell. Mean as hell. Talking vicious like she, she gets how to play a heel. Mm. She gets it. So out comes Ripley at the top of the ramp and said, you know, Dakota, that was a cute little swerve you gave us. 
at war games. Wasn't really a fan of it. But you know what? You're not the only person who can swerve people. Guess what? Your match isn't with me. It's with her. And out comes Mia Yim looking hot, like like pissed, not like gorgeous. She's gorgeous too, but, you know, come out urgh, hot. And just like stalks to the ring. And she and Dakota get into it. That was good stuff, man. Mm, that yes. I I loved how Mia Yim came out here. I do too. Um, uh, I want to see where this goes because ultimately, what again does this turn into? Something where we end up with uh, the horsewomen, or I mean, well, it, it do did. we do we bring this back yeah, exactly because they came out? Well, this is the thing: is that this wasn't the end. It was Dakota and Mia Yim got into it, so they have beef because Dakota took Mia out before the War Games match. And so now Mia's going to stomp a mud hole in Dakota with her Timbas because she wore Timbas to the ring, Nick. She was fighting in Timberlands. Good Lord. Um, that's street right there. That is. Uh, but so th- it looks like we're going to head into a feud with Dakota Kai and Mia Yim. Cool. Fine with that. But then out come the horsewoman to take everybody out, and they end up holding Rhea Ripley's arms over the ropes while Shayna Kirifuda clutches her until she's passed out. So it looks like Shayna Ripley, we're getting that match on December 18th. Uh, Shayna stood over Ripley's fallen body and said, you want a match, you get a match December 18th. Let's have it. Yep. Uh, interesting, Nick, that we're having this title match at the last show before the uh, the holiday break here. Uh, what do you think about that, Shayna? Is this, does this mean Ripley is shit out of luck with that because it's not a pay-per-view or are they going to shock the world and strap Ripley now and then have Shayna hang out all of January and come out at the Rumble? Get out of my head. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish so I could say exactly what you just said. Yeah. Sorry. Rhea Ripley has abs- the, the Saturn V rocket boosters strapped to her back. And she yeah. is on an ascent. Shayna Baszler's had a nice two-year run. It's time for new blood. Bring Shayna up. They need a new Ronda Rousey. Because she ain't coming back. Mm. And Shayna like slots right into that that mold. Mm-hmm. And they can build around it. Please bring up Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke with her, if only to be the goons. goon squad. Sure. Have her you know? have them be her Mercury and Noble. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but at, at the same time, look at where Becky is right now. They she's also, probably gonna well, come in. We'll talk about that other thing in. later. Okay. We they flipped uh, somebody else's face this week on the other show, so I, I yeah, my, my my brain's been cooking this week. <laughs> I got I got I've been working on the writing. That's why my brain's been cooking a little bit this week. Who they flip face? All right, uh, but uh, yes. Oh, she was face last week. Um, right. She went full. It was face made this very week. apparent this week. Made very clear. Yeah. Made very clear this week in a military uh, town. <laughs> big time. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, just real quick with one last thing about Shayna. Uh, Becky's not going to have anything to do with the TLC, I don't think, because she's going to help Charlotte with the Kabuki Warriors, and then she might have nothing planned. If she holds the title to WrestleMania, which is possible, it's only a couple months away, you could have her and Shayna at WrestleMania, and you already built that at Survivor Series. That that's, that's a pretty hot match. So It is, and, and be, I think they could hold her on to Mania, but I think it'd be an interesting spot to have her come in and compete very heavily, get into the top three at the Women's Rumble match. Uh, here in about six weeks, so yeah. that would make her. That would be a really fun build towards Mania, towards something if they get her involved. Shayna, you mean? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. Uh, completely, completely agreed. 
Uh, Nick, one final thing here on NXT this week, and that was that uh, we had... Well, Nick, I don't even know where to start with this. Speaking of Saturn V rocket boosters being strapped to the back, <laughs> I give you Keith <laughs> Lee. Um, oh. Keith Lee, it, it, this, was, this was a fantastic story to round out the show. You had so many dimensions happening here at the end of the show and i i'm terrible at like recapping like you're way better at this than all I right am. well let me let me try this so undisputed Eric came out to the ring yeah. no bobby fish because when Jack and keith lee injured him last week which they legitimately did uh and uh cole says you know the the, the year of the prophecy has just begun there's more to come um you know no matter how if i who pounces me into the crowd and uh he also said, Finn Balor, you're on my shit list as well. You hit, you hit me out of nowhere. That wasn't cool. So Undisputed Era out there bitching and moaning about their state of the business. And of course, you should come out to respond to this, but Keith Lee. And uh, immediately gets the, the trash starts getting talked. Undisputed Era saying Keith Lee is just a flash in the pan. Uh, he's just a moment maker and nothing more. Yeah, yay, you were in the ring with Roman Reigns, but guess what? You lost. And uh, Lee has a chance to respond. He says, that's interesting, guys. And they're like, what are you looking at? He goes, oh, I'm just looking at you guys trying to figure out which one of your titles to take first. Oh, the crowd loves it. Um, they all start jumping. They all jump him at the same time. Out comes Champa to defend him. Uh, and uh, we end up having Champa and Lee posing in the ring. Uh, we end up getting a match later on. Let me get my notes here. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, Dijak comes up to Keith Lee and, uh, and uh, Ciampa backstage. They're, they know they have to have a three-on-three -three match later on. Dijak says, I'm in. And we have Dijak. I must break Lee. you. I must break you. <laughs> Keith Lee, Dijak, and Ciampa versus the Undisputed Era in the main event of the night, which, as you would expect, broke down at a certain point. Finn Ballard showed up. Uh, drop kicked Adam Cole in the back, which always makes me cringe because I go Sasha Banks and, and Paige, nah, you know, careful. Uh, and then he gives Ciampa 1916. Which also made and, me cringe. So I'm like, no, <laughs> not to Ciampa. Oh, God. Not to Ciampa, not Ciampa's neck. <laughs> uh, and then he goes over in the corner like he's going to take some guys out. And we get probably, uh, Keith Lee does it again, another gifable moment. Uh, because you know what? Finn Balor forgot something. Finn Balor, this, this is to you, buddy. He did it. Don't you forget, forget about, about Keith. Keith. Don't, 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 don't you. you. He forgot about Keith. He forgot about Keith. And as he's standing in the corner ready to take people out again, this gigantic Keith Lee looms up behind him like the moon <laughs> in Majora's mask. Just comes up out of nowhere. <laughs> grabs him. Spirit bombs the hell out of him. Uh, uh, that was fantastic. Something I want to call out that happened before the show went on air, and Tom from Cultaholic tweeted this out. Do you remember his original tweet of him and Ross doing the Don't You Forget About Keith? They put that up, yes. on, they put that up on the Tron before yep. NXT went live so that everybody yeah. knows to go look at it. So it's coming, guys. As much as you heard them cheering, bask in his glory, what Keith has been putting up. It's coming. Yeah. Don't You Forget About Keith is coming. Oh, my God. We said it was going to be a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. It's Yeah. 
So the end of this match, Keith Lee actually ends up pinning Adam Cole. Cole went for the last shot, missed. Keith Lee spirit bomb, jackhammer, one, two, three. Uh, excuse me, not spirit bomb, just the jackhammer, one, two, three. And William Regal comes out, and of course he says, you know what, fine. This means all of y'all have an opportunity at Adam Cole, but we got to figure out which one of you is getting that one shot. Champa, Balor, Lee, December 18th. Winner gets Adam Cole. Ooh. The only problem there is uh, I think you and I both know Keith Lee's not winning that match. Yeah, it's going to be This champion. was his moment right here. Yeah. But what a moment it was. And I think they're going to put him over big time in that match. Uh, Make him look just, great. But It's going to be Champa getting a, um, what is it called, failed, lullaby, failed something. What's his finishing move? The, what? What's Champa's finishing move? The fail, Fable lullaby or something? I can't remember what it is. Fable lullaby. I, I don't know. Whatever the hell Champa's finishing move, fi- final <laughs> something. We're, it's basically a DDT. Uh, Project Champa, or what? What are you? What are you talking about? Where he puts him in like the the lift, like almost he's gonna do a pedigree, but he ends up like DDTing him. I don't remember what that move. The double arm. Okay, whatever. Um, and, and, <laughs> he's gonna sneak in and do one of those, and he's gonna win. Champa's gonna get Goldie Got back it. for sure. You think, huh? Yep. I, I think Finn. Bal- I think Finn Balor squashes his plans. Not yet. Okay. Well, the, my last question here is, what is up with Dijakovic? Like, is he getting kind of short stick here? Like, he had a really cool uh, uh, spinning plancha off the top rope to the outside at one point. Like, he got a couple of big spots. Like, the dude's out there putting in work. He is. But, but he's just like, you know, he's just, he's just kind of just a couple of steps behind Lee and Chomp and everybody else in terms of popularity. Popularity. What does he need to do to, to get over here? Uh, I, I just don't think he's getting noticed. I don't think he's getting the, mo- the as much as we talk about moments with Keith Lee and as much as it was yeah. a, called out on the show that he was getting all these moments. They're important. Yeah. Fairy tale ending. Thank you. Indie gal. Fairy tale chat. ending. That's Fa- fable lullaby. That's I'm just going to call it that fable, from now on. Fabled lullaby. Fabled lullaby. <laughs> Fairy tale ending that um, I think is um, Dijak just hasn't connected yet. So yeah, he, he what's he well said, do? Butters. He does feel like the fifth wheel, third wheel, fifth wheel kind of guy. Yeah, um, what's he gonna do? He's gonna be really pissed off that he didn't get the opportunity, and he's gonna turn on Keith again, and we're gonna continue that. Seems redundant, but I'm not mad at that because I I could watch those guys. We never really got a finish fight, to it, did we? Fight forever. Well, they became the monsters again. Or do they? I mean, there's no tag division. Do they go to the tag division and win the belts? Keith Lee did say, I'll take one, one whatever belt, I'll take it. I'd rather Just see him go after the North American Championship myself. All right. Well, I think he already had a Roderick Strong match. But anyway, neither here nor there. Next week, we get Rush versus Garza 2. I love mm. how they're building the feud. That video package for it was fire. We're also getting Dakota Kai and Mia Yim next week. So still good stuff in the future for NXT. Mm. But also in the future for us, Nick, is TLC. It's coming up in a week really? and a day. Yeah, it's tomorrow. It's a week from we- tomorrow. Oh, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't have known had you, you not have known said from, it. You wouldn't have known from Raw, but you might have known from the other show of the week because they did do some build for TLC on SmackDown. No, I was going to say SmackDown Live, but now it's called Friday Night SmackDown. Friday night SmackDown. Yes, we finally got some TLC matches. Uh, yes, right up, the, I, right up the street from you, Nick. They had this in Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Oh, 
is what we they call had, it. Oh my God! It's Fort Bragg. Wow. So here's so the only thing it's about 45 minutes south of me. About the only thing in Fayetteville outside of Fort Bragg are strip clubs and meth. That's about it. Well, well, that's where they had the uh, the show this week. But notice my they goodness. didn't call out anything at Fort Bragg. They also they they went to Camp Lejeune, which is about two hours away over in Jacksonville, North Carolina, on the coast where there's the Marine base, Camp Lejeune. That's where they said they did all the the outreach. They didn't do it at Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, oh. where they were. Okay. So I'll leave it at that. Insider, insider information from yep. Mr. Howell. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, also interesting is the kind of the large swerve we got on one of our main angles. Last week, Daniel Bryan dragged down into hell by the fiend Bray Wyatt at the end of the show. Uh, the fiend sticking his head back up to throw pieces of what looked like Daniel Bryan's clumps hair out into hair. the ring. Oh. Huge clumps of hair. We thought Daniel Bryan was going to come out this week looking like a, a shorn lamb after uh, after shearing day, but no. He's got the mange! It's <laughs> uh, no, no Daniel Bryan to be seen. Instead, The Miz. The Miz came out uh, saying that he was going to get to the bottom of what happened to Daniel Bryan. I want to know what the fiend did to Daniel Bryan. And uh, Bray interrupted him on the Tron saying, you don't want to know. You don't want to know because we're not done with him yet. Um, and in fact, he didn't think Brian was going to make the TLC for the match we thought we were going to have there. But you know what, Miz? I kind of want to play with you instead. Ugh. Not only do I want to play with you, I want to play with your family. Uh-oh. Th- now, this is here's the thing. I've seen people online kind of gripe about Miz's involvement with this feud up until this point. And I haven't been mad at it because I felt like Miz was adding another dimension, another dynamic to it where Daniel Bryan is being very silent and taciturn right now. And we're having a hard time understanding what's going on in his head. Miz has been very clear. He doesn't like Daniel Bryan, but on some level he cares about him because he sees, you know, there's a reflection there, right? Miz and Daniel Bryan have always been a bit of a reflection of each other for better or for worse, yin or yang, however you want to look at it. And here Miz is looking at Daniel Bryan, who he sees walking into the lion's den, essentially, and saying, we both have families, and I'm looking at you doing something dangerous here, and you shouldn't do this. And now he's worried about Daniel Bryan, and now this monster that he was trying to keep Daniel Bryan away from has turned its attention to him. Yeah, And not only to him, but to his family. Uh, and Bray Wyatt even said, I used to have a family, and he held up a little Wyatt family photo. With Daniel but Bryan he, in it. But Yeah, right. That? The, Dan- the Daniel Bryan Wyatt family. Eee! So they're actually calling back to that. Uh, but then he says, I want a new family, and he held up the picture of Ms. Maurice and their two kids. Uh, later in the show, um, after Ms. says that he wants a piece of Wyatt, uh, Ms. on the phone with Maurice, and... Uh, he uh, so, oh no sorry the later on the show he's walking down the, the back hallways and he sees a red light coming from a room and he goes in there and he finds the picture of his family only Wyatt's in the picture now and then he gets attacked by Bray Wyatt not the fiend by the way he gets attacked by Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt was this the first uh this was the first live interaction we've seen of Bray Wyatt in the Mr. Rogers getup yeah so okay so basically he attacks Miz leaves him laying out leaves the photo on his chest uh, and it looks like we're going be, to be getting Miz versus Bray Wyatt at TLC. We don't know what stipulation of the match will be, if it's even got a stipulation. But two things here. One, 
was this smart to pivot this feud to Miz for now? And two, is this giving us our first look at how the Fiend could possibly be beaten if we start getting Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, the fun, let's call him the Funhouse Bray, yeah. as a wrestler? If I'm, now I'm very curious to see how they book Funhouse Bray as opposed to Fiend Bray. Is he a scaredy cat? You know, does he does he or, run away from everything, or or is he just like average guy? Because we've been saying the fiend is too unbeatable. He's too powerful. You remember is, how is, when, when Seth came into the funhouse, he was begging off Seth, right, right, right. And, and he didn't don't do this, Seth. No, and he started getting upset and everything, and he just you like you know a very soft kind of yeah. You know, don't hit me. Is that the kind of match we're gonna have where Miz? starts to feel guilty about beating down a does helpless, he just, defenseless kind of character. Does this does take Miz back to the dark side? Well, There's I don't, all no, kinds no, of all things that could happen going. here. There are, and I, I don't know where the hell you went there, but yeah. yes, there are lots of things that can happen. Here's the interesting other thing. It's a non-title match. Yeah. So Miz could beat the absolute crap out of Funhouse Bray, and all of a sudden we'll all be sitting there going, oh... Only the fiend is impervious and immortal. At some point, if it's a title match with re- if someone tricks regular Bray into having a title match, there we go. Now all of a sudden, there's a whole other level to this. That's a really interesting twist. And I, in, in my opinion, like that actually really reengages me with this whole fiend thing. Daniel Bryan apparently is very closely involved with his character and with the arc of this whole fiend storyline which I can't blame him for being after the debacle that happened over the, the summer and fall with his storyline with Roman. Like, I would be involved too, <laughs> yeah. especially with something that, as we've said, is this delicate because this is a feud that could really go either way and has huge implications both for Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, who are both kind of on, in my opinion, shaky footing right now with their characters. The, the irony of this whole thing to me is that this is exactly exactly how I envisioned this kind of thing playing out, but with Finn Balor and in about three months at post-Rumble as we head towards Mania, where we get soft, defenseless, sort of uh, brittle Bray Wyatt in the, what are we calling him, Funhouse Bray, that led to the Demon versus the Fiend. In several encounters leading up to Mania, and we get the big main event of Demon versus Fiend uh, that, that's how I saw this playing out when we first got, when we first saw The Fiend this summer. That's re- that was really what just popped in my head. was like, <gasps> and now we're kind of getting it this side with The Miz, and I'm going, yeah, but wait, why, why wouldn't you take advantage of that opportunity that we were talking about six months ago? Right. That said, I'm with you. I, I like this. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm coming back around a little bit on the whole Fiend and Bray thing, especially if we're getting Funhouse Bray involved, and he does prove to be fragile and beatable. Sure. Is that the thing that summons the Fiend in an even more vicious way? Uh, and the thing I was alluding to with Miz is, like, does Miz have to go back to his Healy tactics? Is this the thing that maybe flips him back eventually? No, I know? like the fact that he's being a super baby face here and is like all yeah. about family oh, and my, like my family, you know, my Monroe Sky he, and my Maurice. Yeah, and he's he, you know he's like, and I love the fact that we have a lot of history here too between him yeah. and Daniel Bryan that, that yep. to to fall back on. That's something that we don't get enough in wrestling is an awareness of history, an awareness of the changing shades of these characters' relationships and interactions in this bizarre world that they they all live in and share. And sometimes we have to suspend our logic 
uh, in a massive way to believe some of these character shifts. This is one that's you can kind of get engaged with. You can believe that Miz and Daniel Bryan have had their differences over the years. They kind of hate each other, but they kind of respect each other. And Miz and Daniel Bryan also see a little bit of themselves in each other where they are with their careers right now. Yeah. And to have Miz kind of get drawn into this vortex of evil of you know what that that Bray Wyatt has has created, that's kind of cool. I I dig that. I dig the little nuances here. It's still my favorite thing on SmackDown is what they're doing with this. It's been intriguing me for weeks. I'm much more confident in them being able to tell a good story with it now because of the things they did this week where I go, okay, I like where they're going with this. The one thing I'll I'm call like, out there that we hadn't mentioned yet is that Funhouse Bray did put a picture of Daniel Bryan with the red X's crossed out up on his wall. And right. that we've been conditioned to believe that that's a defeat, that he's, well, the but, Fiend has defeated that person. Not only a defeat, like it's become part of, I don't know if it's canon yet, but it's something that's been a storyline point where if Bray beats you, something happens to you. Yeah. Seth has, is going heel. Finn went heel. Kane disappeared. Like, bad things happen. Jerry Lawler forgets how to commentate. Like, bad <laughs> things happen to you if, if Bray Wyatt beats you down. Uh, so, <sighs> yeah, I, I'm curious to see what, they, what they're going to do with, with uh, Daniel Bryan in that sense. Oh, but uh, that was, that was the, the upside of the show. The, I don't know if I'd call it a downside, but the other side of the show was the main event. Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler had a match. Uh, the feud with him and Corbin is continuing. Corbin saying he's going to humiliate Reigns for all the times that Reigns has humiliated him. Reigns saying Corbin just can't get one over on me, even though he's bigger and stronger. Blah, blah, blah. We have the match with Dolph Ziggler. It's what you'd expect. Corbin tries to interfere. He doesn't. Roman ends up spear, one, two, three, beating Dolph Ziggler. But after the match, all of uh, Roman's, what would you call them, throne carriers? Right. Uh, no, you mean they, Corbin's, they, Corbin's throne. Corbin's, Corbin's throne, whatever, throne bearers. The king's court. The king's court. <laughs> the king's court all come at Roman like a bunch of zombies in Minecraft. Uh, and he takes them out pretty handily. Except for the one random dude who's under the ring. I don't know who that was, but like a pair of hands grabbed him under the ring and held his leg. And next we don't know, we know who Roman that is. is. We don't know. You don't know, Nick. You don't know. It's a sensational Sherry. She's under the ring. You don't know where she's going to be. Uh, he ended up, he, Roman ends up getting zip-tied to the ring post. Uh, and then because he's the big dog and we have to be literal about everything in WWE, Corbin and Ziggler proceed to smear Roman head to foot with wet Alpo, with dog food, uh, which was a hell of a final image to the show as Roman just kind of like, he's just like a sacrifice, like, you know, ugh, hanging from the outside of the, of the ring post, covered in dog food. Um, so before we go any further, there's one thing I want to call attention to. Okay. At the end of the match, it was, there were about eight to ten minutes left in the show. I, I, I specifically called this out in our live chat, and I remember other people going, huh, well, how are they going to finish? Are we going to get some kind of weird? Are we going to get a setup? Is Daniel Bryan going to come out with his like head shaved all weird? And is something going to happen? No, they 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 use the last ten minutes of of a, a week before your last pay per view of the year to handcuff Roman Reigns, effectively <laughs> crucify him from the ring post and smear dog food all over him, as uh, you do. 
as you would. And, and, you know, even then, Roman was I, – I, we were all expecting, like, the handcuffs to break and for him to hulk up and just no. go crazy. No. I, That's hey, how I we like went out seeing, on, on Friday night. Well, isn't it nice to every once in a while see Roman Reigns be vulnerable? We, we, I think we've uh, seen you know, him be vulnerable over the course of this year. After after coming back like from this? leukemia, anywhere near like um, this? No, and then I think it for me it wasn't about Roman Reigns being vulnerable. I liked this because it made King Corbin. He came out on his chariot, whatever it was, with the King's sure. Court carrying him. He was watching the match as if he was watching the Gladiator Games or something like that. Right? I I dug all of that atmosphere work that they did with that. Sure, and then to yeah. come over even after he even after victory to come over and attack. Roman Reigns, and it, like I was, I was okay with this. The dog food stuff, like that's how you're going to end the show. Like there were so many yeah. better things that they could have gone dark with than this image of Roman Reigns hung from the ring post, smeared in dog food. I I admit it's not the most intense image ever, but at the same, like again, you know, oh he's the big dog, let's smear him with dog food. <laughs> That is also a very kind of Corbin-y thing to do is just, <laughs> it's dog food. I'm not mad dog. at <laughs> what they did. I'm mad that that's how they ended the show. But why not? Because that's Roman is the big deal on the show in Vince's mind. This is one of the big matches they want to have for TLC is Corbin versus Reigns. They need to hype it up. They the need only to get one I know of it. yet. Well, there's a few now. We have Miz versus we have Miz well, versus yeah. uh, Funhouse Bray. Bray. Yeah. Um, a couple more they made. Uh, another one we'll talk about later. But they need to give some heat to this match. And having Roman Reigns, one, look vulnerable, and two, be humiliated by Corbin. So now he's got a reason to get revenge. And there's people who are big Roman fans who are going to want Corbin's head for this. That's how, yeah. Yes, that's how you finish a show. This is building to what did we say on Monday? You built towards no TLC matches. They went home. They opened the show starting a TLC match with Miz and Bray. They closed the show, putting a big boom. Big period point, exclamation point, whatever you want to say, on this match with Roman and Corbin. So yes, I think this was the right decision to go home to to close the show on that image. It's a very, it's a, it's a. I thought it was a strong image. And after the show, we did get a tweet confirmation from WWE. It will be a TLC match. Full TLC, yeah, between Corbin okay. and, and Roman Reigns. So that's so no no DQ, meaning Rude and Ziggler and whatever other and whoever the hell uh, else was under the ring. All of Corbin's creepers can can come and get Roman. Right, right. So, all right, interesting. So, Roman will conquer all at of TLC. Spearing right, through so a ladder and one, two, three, and we're done. I honestly like Corbin's put on some good gimmick matches before. I'm actually I'm yeah. I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, I, I am skeptical. You know what? Skeptically optimistic right here. Yep. The TLC match it could be good. Okay, could be good. Could be good. Good. Lacey Evans is also good. She's very good. As you said, military town. She came out to the ring with Sasha Banks. Uh, Sasha and she got into it. Obviously, last week, she kind of sucker punched Sasha, and Sasha was not a fan of that. Yep. So they got into it in the ring this week, and Lacey has gone. As you said, Nick, she's gone full face. She's talking about her military career. Uh, her daughter. She's saying that, she's like, yeah, my daughter, uh, everything. She's just all kinds of rah-rah. It's only a matter of time before she comes out waving the flag, you know, everyone's chanting USA, USA, or it's only a matter of time. We said for a while that you've really got to capitalize on her military background. They apparently, ha- Nick, they, they listen. listen. <laughs> they listen. Uh, uh, they the also got to capitalize week- on her ability in the ring. Like, oh, we haven't really seen that much uh, of her well, in-ring been, ability. I, I, 
she's been kind of left high and dry on the yeah. main roster. Like she looked really good in NXT because they were able to, able to control what they showed of her, but she was exposed a lot on the main roster. True. And I think they can put her in a better scenario on the main roster to come across better, to present better. Uh, that being said, I don't know if this is it because she and Sasha got into it. She beat down Charlotte, but then got attacked by Bailey from behind. So we're seeing, instead of Charlotte versus the Kabuki Warriors on Monday, we're seeing All-American Charlotte or Southern Charlotte. Our military Charlotte. All-American Charlotte. Charlotte. I like that. That's better. <laughs> uh, versus Sasha and Bailey on SmackDown. Is this is this redundant? Is this a poor way of using Sasha and Bailey here? Uh, no, because I think that Lacey's likely lining up. What I, if I'm reading into this correctly? They're lining Lacey up to be the one to uh, to challenge Bailey for the title because it looks like, um, if I'm guessing right, that's going to be the match. They're going to have some kind of match, and I haven't seen anything. I don't know if it's confirmed, but yeah, I mean, we had Lacey go after Becky. Now we're having Lacey go after Bailey. So somebody backstage, I'll give you two Lacey. guesses, is really high on Lacey Evans because she's getting title shot after title shot. Wait, wait. A tall, statuesque blonde walked by Vince McMahon's office and he pushed her to the top of the card? Uh, I'm I just saying. Shocked. <laughs> shocked. Uh, have her come out in camouflage. You know, that's about the one way they could have amped this up one step you further. Know, Full fatigues Nick, or something, you know? You you and I could probably, like, because we were saying this in NXT, is it just a matter of when's Vince Caesar. As soon as yep. he sees her, top of the card. You and I can probably go back and find the date that Vince McMahon saw Lacey Evans because the day after that is when her push started. Right. On the main roster. So uh, I think it might have been Rumble last year because she came out for that. It was whenever Ricochet and Aleister Black came up, too. They, she was part of that group. Right. But Vince went, who's that? Yeah. She's been my Just have her walk up and down the ramp for six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to. It was his break. It was his break. <laughs> Give me a break. I, yeah. need a, I need a five-minute break. Have Lacey walk up and down the ramp. I'm just going to sit back here yeah. and eat popcorn with my hand down my pants and watch yeah. the monitor. <laughs> oh, come on, All right. dude. All right. So Lacey Evans gets a squash and then uh, squashes Sasha and then gets squashed by Bailey. Cool. Uh, Lacey is a facey. We also had Alexa Bliss have a match with Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose still, they can't seem to do anything with her that doesn't involve feminine looks. Uh, she's telling Alexa Bliss she'll never look like her and then rips off her fake eyelashes. Ow. Ow. I, I've been told that's not as painful as it looks, but it looks, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in this match, I'm watching this, and I'm going, oh my god, are they finally going to put Mandy over someone strong? Because three quarters of the match was all Mandy beating the hell out of Alexa Bliss. And somehow out of nowhere, five foot nothing Alexa Bliss gets some moves over on a, a, a pro bodybuilder and somehow wins the match with a twisted Bliss that we all, I know, we all love. I, I'm concerned. I'm cons I have concerns. When are they gonna when are they gonna do something with Mandy here? Because I thought this was gonna be the like Alexa Bliss has been in and out. We know she's had a several injuries. Uh, we don't know really what the plan is outside of doing this tag thing with Nikki Cross infrequently whenever they feel like it. So when I got kind of excited when we were gonna get a little bit of a Mandy push here, she looked really strong through the first three quarters of that match. Yes, she was yelling at her about beauty and you'll never look like me and all that stuff, but right. she was doing some good wrestling with her. But then Alexa Bliss just took over for three minutes, and it was over. And I just went, that's where it breaks down. You had me. 
You had me mm. until it. You, you just flipped it on. Until that. you had the Alexa Bliss uh, yeah. Super Alexa comeback. Yeah. Uh, but mean, uh, meanwhile, Nikki Cross is defending, you know, fighting off Sonya Deville as well. Right. So um, Sonya Deville, Deville and Nikki get, Cross, get... hold me back. I, I absolutely love right. to see you that. You want that. Yeah. I know you want that. Yeah. Um, we did. I wish we had that. It just was a very short match. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So the distra- after the distraction, everything kind of fell apart and, and Alexa got the win. But, all right. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad that we've got a tag team match that's not to do with the belts. You know what I mean? Makes it feel like there is actually some depth to the women's tag division, which there really isn't. It's a very shallow pool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. Cool. Curious to see where they go with this. There are good aspects here. I'm have not they booked this match for TLC? Do we have this coming now officially? Uh, maybe the pre-show. I cannot see this match making it to the main show. Yeah. I cannot see that if it happens. Drake Maverick is back on TV uh, he was giving crap to Dana Brooke about her Twitter feud or Twitter feud, <laughs> the opposite of a feud, Twitter flirtations with David Batista, which if you haven't gone and seen them, holy crap, they are wildly entertaining. Um, basically he's saying, Dana Brooke, why are you going for this Batista guy? What does he have that I don't? He's single. Uh, I, that's, <laughs> I mean, two months ago we were doing a thing with Drake Maverick. Not being able Drake, to bet his wife, you know? Drake Maverick and David Batista stand next to each other. What does he have that I don't? Well, he's single. That's the only thing. You're right. You're to- that's totally right. right. That is the only thing. Uh, Elias comes out, starts making fun of Maverick again about some of the things you just mentioned, like, you know, the fact that he still hasn't slept with his wife. Uh, and we end up having a match between Elias and Drake Maverick where Elias pretty much straight up humiliates Drake Maverick, puts him over his knee and spanks him. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maverick even gets uh, some grief from Dana Brooke. She, uh, she, he tries to run away. She grabs him, throws him back in the ring, and uh, she stands on Maverick's chest while Elias makes the three count. So what, um, what are we doing here, Nick? What is happening with Drake Maverick? What has happened? I, I kind of understand. I'm okay with this because they're trying to give Dana Brooke a little bit of a boost. That's what I'm seeing. Drew, 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 Drake Maverick, and I keep wanting to call Elias Drew. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, Elias and Drake Maverick are just kind of the supporting cast in what I think they're – Dana Brooke has hit a little bit of a a moment here. What did we say? What did we say? Elias was the third form. You've got the four Pokemon forums. You've got Ali, Seth Rollins, uh, Elias, Elias, Drew McIntyre. yeah. Drew McIntyre is like the super squirtle or whatever it is. He's like the final form. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So here's here's my question. Are we trying to tell some sort of humiliated babyface story with, with Drake where he's going to get a comeback on these guys who are bullying him? Like, why have Elias and Dana be bullies? Are we going to have EC3 come to his little buddy's aid? I, that's that's me fantasy booking. I, I liked um, Elias. I, I liked Elias. I, I didn't like him spanking him. I thought that's where it went just really silly and stupid. It was funny, but it was stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I uh, like Elias's new. He's got a, some kind of new look going on. He, he's looking cut up. He's looking better in better shape. And um, I, I kind of dig Dana Brooke as a valet for Elias. That popped into my head, too. And I went, huh, something there. I, that could be interesting. It could be interesting. I, I'm happy with her getting more TV time. I, yep. Her Batista tweets are the smartest thing she's ever done for her career. Yep. Hands down. I got her so much attention. People are, I mean, she's been working her ass off, you know, on main event and other places in WWE. So she's definitely invested herself in her career, but then she's doing smart 
working things like the Batista tweets. So yeah, yeah I can she's see one of those. Of, in case you don't know, she's one of those that's got the reputation backstage. That's first one to show up, last one to leave. Helps put the ring together. Helps take everything yeah. down after shows. Always traveling. Always doing all the stuff. All the good, good Samaritan things behind the scenes. She's got a wonderful reputation backstage for all of that stuff. So I'm very happy to see Dana Brooke getting an opportunity, even though it is off the back of some accidental, uh, you know, what do you call it, matchmaker sort of thing on Twitter that happened. Um, but she's eating it up. They're giving her the opportunity to go out and do something. Even though it was a little bit hammy, I'm, I'm happy for Dana getting, getting a chance to do anything and be on TV, frankly. I, I agree, and I'm, I always am down to see Drake Maverick uh, this for the same reason. But again, this this was a little worrisome. Uh, finally, speaking of worrisome, the tag division. Oh, Nick, the tag division. Uh, we had a number one contenders match for the New Day's tag team titles. And it was a uh, four-way elimination match. Lucha, Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, Revival, and Mustafa Ali and Chad Gable? Huh? Three, three, huh? three face teams and the Revival going for a face tag team's championships. <laughs> and the Revival just lost it to New Day so New Day could be in the three-way Survivor Series match. Somebody really and doesn't here, like the Revival. <laughs> the, well, the Revival won again here. I know. So now it looks like we're going to get Revival versus New Day at TLC. Good. Give them, give them right, a TLC fine. match. Yes. But didn't, I mean, they're not going to put the titles back on Revival already, are they? That that would be insane. That would really be the most insane thing to take the titles off of Revival just for Survivor Series and give them back to them right away. That would be the most insane, mind-boggling booking, Nick. Do we have an, up, have we have an update on that. Xavier Woods where he's at? Is he is he done? Not done? till summer. Till summer. Okay. We won't we won't know for a long time. He's okay. got a lot. He got a big road ahead of him. Yeah, Achilles are not fun to come back from. So uh, here's no. my thing. Look, I, not to get too crazy fantasy booking here, but I, I think there's. I think there's an inevitability that's approaching around the new day. Um, I, I I don't know if it's now. Oh, I don't this, know if it's six I, you months. You wanted this for this is you wanted this all year. I, I want the Big E turn. I, I want yeah. Big E to turn on him, and I want I, I want I big Big E monster heel. I just I want it so bad. I've wanted it for a couple of years. Yeah, he, well, doesn't mean you're gonna get it. it. He's earned it. Uh, he doesn't need it. He doesn't. He hasn't. It doesn't. It's not something that you earn. Like it's not. I don't think so at all. I want a Big E singles run. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <sighs> I think a lot of people do, and I think he at some point should get one, but I think that they're still too invested in having the New Day as a tag team to see that. And I'm not seeing well, any Well, yeah, they put it back on him, if for nothing else, to give him the eight-time champion title, you know, sure. three months from now, or two months from now at uh, Royal Rumble. Well, yeah. and, and it, pff, they're not going to jump on that quickly. I, anyway, I, I can't see them juggling them that much. I just think it's insane that, once again, we have Revival versus New Day, where we just had this a couple of times before Survivor Series to get New Day the titles, and now here we are back again when you've got Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party. Okay, they're face teams, but it's fresh blood. And then Ali and Gable are now a tag team because we can't think of anything else to do with Ali and Gable. I, I mean, we don't know for sure that they're going to remain a tag team. They work really well together, but again, it's you don't know what to do with these two guys. You just gave Gable a push. And changed his name to that name I shall not mention. Uh, and now we're going to go make him a tag team in a division that, that you already don't know what to do with? Why? That, that hurts my brain. Here's why the Revival gets it back. You got a tag division full of face teams. 
they're they become they become the one you have to go after. You can't have a bunch of face teams going after the new day unless you flip somebody. I'm gonna pull my hair out if they get, if they put it back in revival this quickly. Yeah, get ready. That's gonna, it's, Clippers, that it really, it's gonna happen. All right. So says Nick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is SmackDown. Uh, but that is not all, Nick. We have much more to talk about. So let's head over and discuss New Japan. Well, we're wrapping up the World Tag League. Tonight. Are we officially done? No, we've got tonight left. The finals are tonight. So, yeah, break us down real quick, Sir Ian Dangerous. Where do we stand in the World Tag League standings? Okay, so we are down to the last three teams. It comes down to the last night. This is Gato booking at its finest. It comes down to who wins and who loses. Uh, if Evil and Sonata beat Juice Robinson and David Finlay, they win the whole thing. If they lose... It leaves the door open. Uh, if uh, if let's let me see if I can break this down for myself here. If uh, yeah, so if Evil's not a win, they win the whole thing. If they lose and Tamatonga and Tangaloa win their match against Ishii and Yoshihashi, it is a three-way tie. It is Ooh. a tie between Evil Sonata, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Juice Robinson, David Finlay. If Tamatonga, Tangaloa lose. And Finley and Robinson win, then Finley and Robinson win the whole thing. Got that? I know Got it's a little it. confusing. No, right. that, was, so, that was pretty about as straightforward as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. It's two matches that determine everything. And it all depends on who wins and who loses. So if we have, um, basically, if you have, I, what I suspect is the Evil Sonata and Juice Robinson, David Finley will headline the whole show. And you'll probably have Tamatanga, Tangaloa win their match and so that way it will be between a three-way tie and evil and sonata taking the whole thing and also my suspicion is it going to be a three-way tie and we're going to have a three-way wrestle kingdom which is honestly i think a very the most exciting possibility that you could have here exactly at this point yeah um, the fact that it's made its way into a three-way tie at the top for the finals uh leave it that way yeah and then that i mean just huge huge triple threat tag match for the title you have at wrestle kingdom well, and this is the thing we were saying. It's it's always Evil and Sonata in the tag team finals at Wrestle Kingdom. Like it just seems to be a thing. Ta- uh, Tonga and Loa are the they're the two tag champs, so they have to be there. You know, yep. you would assume. Uh, and David Finley and Juice Robinson aren't doing anything. So we were saying like that was the thing we couldn't figure out is how are you going to make all these things work? Well, you can have the strength of Evil and Sonata there. The champs are there. And you can have something interesting like Robinson and Finlay there to, to make it more of an entertaining match. So I think they've done a really good job of finishing this out. Hopefully yep. it does go to that three-way tie. Because uh, if not, if it's just Sonata and Evil versus Tamatanga Tangalo again, uh, 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 not quite as excited about that. Yep. So that is going on tonight. Sunday night in Japan, tonight over here in the old United States. So keep your eyes on the finals mm. of the World Tag League. Yes. yes sir. Well, let's jump. Thank you very much for that. Let's jump over and go over NXT UK really quickly. We had a spot where Tony Storm saved Piper Niven from Kaylee Ray, but rejected her help. This could yeah. actually turn into something good here. Uh, what do you think about what happened in this match? I'm curious what they're going to do here. If it's going to be a three-way, if they're just trying to build some tension between Tony and Piper Niven so that you can yep. have Kaylee Ray, Piper Niven, and Tony Storm all for the championship, mm. uh, or if it's going to have to be Tony goes through Piper to get to Kay- to get back to Kaylee Ray. I'm, I'm curious what they're doing here. Uh, it's funny because we also had Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster say they want a title match 
uh, for the tag team titles. They want their title shot again. Ain't going to happen anytime soon, boys. No. Because uh, Imperium, uh, they're, they're getting that tag title <laughs> shot first. Uh, so right now, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, a.k.a. Gallus, are holding the tag titles. And Joe Coffey, another member of Gallus, wants Walter. They've been building that for a while. Walter is currently the current holder of the NXT UK uh, championship, as we all know. He said, you're not getting that title shot, Joe Coffey, unless I get what I want, which is my boys, Aikner and Barthel, they're going to have a title shot against Wolfgang and Mark Coffey. That's going to happen next week. Ilya Dragunov, the other guy who's aligning himself with Gallus right now, he's going to face Alexander Wolf, my other dude from Imperium, in a no-DQ match. And then, only if we do that, you get a match at TakeOver Blackpool 2, Joe Coffey versus Walter. So that all got set up, and then there was a big old scuffle at the end of the show. Uh, and uh, Dragunov got put through a table, and it was, it was madness and all yeah. kinds of fun. Good stuff. Really good show uh, this week. Yep. We had a, it was a good show. We also had, I, I wondered, hey man, you wonder what happened to Riddick Moss. We found him. He's back in a tag team with yep. Dorian Mack. They're called the Outliers. They had a match, a very nice match with The Hunt. Uh, Riddick Moss has gotten huge, dude. He was always a big boy, but he is just ginormous. Uh, we saw a backstage segment where Jazzy Gabbard and Ginny, who have been aligned, they're kind of having some tension. I'm wondering if they're going to break up. That's interesting. And that uh, three-way match I, I talked to you about last week, Joseph Connors, Travis, 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 Effin Banks, and Ellie Guerrero ended up with Joseph Connors picking up the win. That was a really, really fun match. Good stuff on NXT UK this week, except for the fact that Walter was in Chicago and his car got broken into and some jackass stole his passport and the WWE NXT UK championship belt, the prettiest belt in the company. Don't at me. Uh, wow, that sucks. Uh, Tim Thatcher's car got hit too. Also got broken into. But yeah, if you were in the Chicago area, keep your eyes out for some jackass holding Walter's belt. And uh, I have my recommendation. Do not approach this man or woman. Whoever's got the belt, don't approach them. Don't do anything. Just call Walter and tell him where they are and he'll take care of it. <laughs> he'll take care of it. Or the police. Call the police. <laughs> eh, it's not as fun. That's true. Well, Ian, uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, we always like to end, or it's something new, I guess I should say, that based yeah. on one of our listeners' requests, I think it was Sean Clark, if I'm not mistaken, I suggested we do a moment of positivity every week, and we are going to make a concerted effort to do that in every single show. So, Ian, what was the most yeah, positive Clark. thing? Sean Clark, you are correct. Yeah. What was the most positive thing you could say about this week uh, in professional wrestling? I have not laughed so hard so consistently and been so entertained by a gif as i was with keith lee looming up over finn balor i've seen so many different like memes made out of it i mean we had the, that awesome pounce last week but that i just it tickled me you think this it was tickled, better than the pounce it tickled but i just i laughed more at it like i've seen people get i've seen people get pounced into the crowd before i've seen fun stuff like that or pounced out of the ring. And we've seen wrestlers like Loom before, like come out of nowhere and Loom. This was just such a good one. It was such a good one. Yeah. It was so good. Like Keith, really good. Keith looks so much bigger than Finn. <laughs> uh, I even thinking about it now, I had this big smile on my face. That was that was my moment of positivity this week was, you know, and also it helped that it was Keith Lee and just, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of, lot of love for that guy. Our boy. Yeah, our boy. 
So yeah, it's I, that's 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 my one. It just tickles me every time I see it. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the military and a supporter of the military, and I always love when they come to North Carolina. And I was very happy to see the video package in depth. Um, and there's an even longer one online that I that I watched of. And WWE is notorious for always doing great memorials in support of the military and visiting the troops overseas and doing things like that. So my, my, mine was definitely them visiting Camp Lejeune, getting to see them interact and take pictures and meet and greet with all of the soldiers stationed at Camp Lejeune. Uh, that, that's going to be mine because it's, it's hard to top that. I, I love when they do things like that. It makes when – you're, when you're a soldier living in the barracks doing chores every day or doing drills every day, having you know, an hour to sit around and talk wrestling – uh, with with some superstars, getting to meet them, right. and they're just in their plain clothes, and they're just real people, and you just get to rap with them for an hour. That that will absolutely change your day in a heartbeat. So, two thumbs up, WWE, for always being big supporters of the military, and for everybody that served, thank you for your service, much appreciated. Well, all right, well, and that wraps up our show for this week. Oh wait, we're not done. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep. Oh yeah, a lot of news today. Uh, the ratings are out. We always do a little rating segment right here. And uh, AEW did have a bit of a comeback this week. Neck and neck with NXT. NXT barely getting beat by only 6,000 people. 851,000 for AEW. 845,000 for NXT. 0.29 in the, in the uh, demo for NXT. And 0.32 for AEW. So just barely, just barely, they're neck and neck again. But a big rebound from Thanksgiving when uh, everyone went over to Papa's house. <laughs> and had them some turkey, right? And all watched it on Papa's TV, which is why all the over over fifties were just making NXT huge last week. That's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, Dio Madden officially out of commentary. He got F five all the way back to NXT, <laughs> and um, they're saying he wants to concentrate on his wrestling career, which is you know for me that's just code for Vince didn't like you. Uh, but uh, who knows? We don't know if that's that's speculation. Wild. Wild, unfettered speculation, but he is going back to NXT probably to... He wanted to focus on returning to the ring, I think was yes. the headline that I read. Yes. All right. Uh, Good kay. luck. Have fun Good in the luck. PC. Yeah, uh, and meanwhile, we've got Samoa Joe on commentary on Mondays instead, and, and honestly, that's a trading up. Joe is the best thing that's happened to that table in years. Holy crap, he's good. Holy crap, he's good. Yeah, I almost... He I almost, almost don't want him to come back into the ring. But uh, I, at the same time, I totally do. I want Joe to get at least one big title in WWE. But, um, you know, he's, at least he's got somewhere I could see him going if, if he ever does retire and say his body can't take anymore because he has been injured pretty consistently since he came to the main roster. Yeah. Uh, WWE released an official announcement that John Morrison will be coming back to WWE. We knew that it was happening a while back because it was reported as such. WWE just officially made it. (laughs) Right. WWE made it official this week. He is coming back. And he was was on an episode of The Bump that we did a watch party for in the group this week. So it's, yeah, he's out now and everybody knows and it's coming. He's coming. Royal uh, Rumble. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I say, I'm sorry. I said said that. Uh, I was going to help the Miz against Bray. (laughs) Sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, and also, but keep your eye out. Taya Valkyrie has a title match coming up on in Impact. She loses that title, she could be out the door. Her contract reportedly is up at the beginning of January. And they could be the new lover couple to replace Mike ben- uh, Kanellis and uh, Maria. Uh, let's don't give anyone else that love gimmick. 
Please don't. And do that. don't. You know, I know don't you listen. Say please that, don't do that. Don't even say they're married because as soon as you say that they're married, there's going to be some sort of stupid cuck angle, and it's going to just be horrible again. Uh, speaking of signing with WWE, Oni Lorkin, who we thought was out the door because he changed his name to Biff Music and announced that he was heading out. Well, he just announced, nope, I just re-signed a multi-year deal with WWE. Now, granted, he announced it on Twitter. We haven't heard any official reports if, if that's true or not, or if it's all getting worked again. No idea. No idea what's going on there, but all right. Oni's gone. He's not gone. Who knows? Does um, he come back as Oni? Does he come back as Biff Busick? I don't know. I, I think he comes back as Oni because that's his WWE name, and he wants to keep Biff for himself when he goes indie again. I, I, I can't keep up with Oni Lorcan. Oh, my God. At least he's back to tweeting all in all caps. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, within this week, the free tier of the WW Network will launch. It's basically a bunch of stuff that, you know, if you sign up for free, you'll get a whole bunch of content for free. It's currently being tested in beta. Uh, should be wrapped up this week and ready to go by the new year. We knew it was coming for a while, Nick. The question is if they raise the price of the regular admission from $9.99 to something more or if they create a third elite tier on top of the regular one that we all have right now. Fine. So, do it. Do it. Make these- it. I pay 20 bucks a month to watch all the pay-per-views all year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, do the do the free tier, do the nine ninety nine, do a nineteen ninety nine. No, don't give them ideas. Nine ninety nine. Well, I don't want to see them struggle anymore over subscriptions and things like that to be able to pay f- to fund all of these You're, shows that we love. You and know enjoy. how many people, you know how many people they're going to drive away if they raise it to twenty bucks? They'll come back. Oh my entire ad. yeah, like all the like all of the ratings have come back right. Like they've rebounded for the last five years. Okay, you'll recognize after paying sixty dollars for every AEW pay per view just how good you've got it. So that is definitely me. true. People are people are already starting to 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 gripe about AEW's pay-per-view monetization, uh, including Mr. Nick Howell. Uh, speaking of AEW, what the actual hell was up with that advertisement that played on TNT talking about how AEW smashed NXT? In fact, it put up a whole bunch of little article titles uh, quoting how much AEW was ruining NXT and crushing NXT. Uh, it was a bit of a topic because why is AEW giving free advertising to NXT? Back in the day, you didn't say the name of the other brand because it was free advertising for them. Uh, Did I miss this? Is it only regional? Was it only played in certain you, no, markets? No, it was it was international. Uh, it was wow. uh, so the the question is right now the speculation is it was TNT. And yeah. everyone is saying who vetted that commercial? Who did that? That was dumb don't do that don't talk about your competition don't brag that you're beating them when they beat you last week and they pretty much tied you this week and they beat you the week before so i i question them putting up that commercial um as i said the reports are it was tnt who did it not aew but I have a golden rule that I use, and I tell all of my teams when they're engaging with customers, the more time you spend talking about your competition, that's less time you're talking about your stuff. Spend yeah. time and focus on talking about your stuff. Don't, don't, uh, they'll, they'll, don't They'll F it up themselves one way or another. Or you or hope, or you hope don't help them in one way or another. Right, and don't make it about us versus them because right. they're, just making, they're just doing their own thing. Yep. Um, I haven't seen NXT flinch to either side yet. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you could say was that Britt Baker shot, and they admitted that was an accident right away. So, and even then, they didn't say where she worked. So, uh, speaking of AEW, Marty Skrull to AEW, 
might not be a lock. There's actually rumors out now that he may actually re-sign with Ring of Honor. Apparently, they opened up the wallet for this boy. They want him to stay because they know he's one of the best things that they have. Uh, and apparently, Marty's also open to going back to New Japan. Might not be as excited about going to AEW as people think because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Nick, it's kind of crowded over there in AEW right now. Not a whole lot of place for a villain to fit in. So Marty may not be going back as reported, or this could be information that's getting out there to make his deal with AEW a little bit sweeter. Uh, reportedly, Tony Khan is not feeling like pulling out the big purse strings right now because he's spending a lot of money already. But this could all be just a way for Marty to get a bigger paycheck from Tony Khan. Like, if you want me, you got to pay for me. I mean, look at these offers I'm getting from Ring of Honor. I could go back to New Japan. Yeah, it's smart. So, but basically, that's, that is the scuttlebutt right now is that Marty to AEW, shockingly, not a lock. Uh, however, ACH to MLW confirmed. We had MLW's Opera Cup this last weekend. And ACH, formerly Jordan Miles, who recently had that falling out with WWE over the racist shirt, uh, he went to MLW. MLW, the, the home for broken toys. Uh, however, that's not all. Not only did he go to MLW, but then someone let him use Twitter. And that was a bad idea because what we've learned over the last little bit is that ACH and Twitter don't get along. Sure enough, right off the bat, we had um, uh, we had a gentleman text him in uh, in Spanish. Let me see if I got the translation here. Uh oh. Um, he tweeted him in Spanish only. I supported you from Mexico, and it's a shame to see how crying and fragile you turned out to be. Besides irresponsible uh the initial the initial tweet was uh i'm not even trying to read it in spanish yo te aboyaba desde mexico y es una pena ver lo llorón que fragil y resultaste ser además de irresponsable i did try to read it okay uh to which ach replied bitty bitty bomb bomb to you too so, okay. which, which for a dude who's crying about racism seems like an odd thing to say. Here, the here's the one that, that boggles my mind. Uh, he tweeted later, I hate pro wrestling. I hate I you up. shitty fans that think you know it all. More importantly, I hate the snakes in this industry. None of y'all would never say anything about me to me. All of y'all can go, go screw yourselves. I'm canceling my shows and I'm quitting pro wrestling. Yeah, 7.33 a.m. He followed that with, Chasing my dream was great, but you self-entitled pricks ruin everything. I'm out. Interesting. Also, it's his birthday, by the way. Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> so, happy birthday, ACH. Get some um, help. Yeah, get some help. Seriously, like, uh, I, I want to believe in this guy. He's wildly talented. Uh, he's charismatic as hell. But at the same time, there's obviously something going on here. And, you know, to his point, I don't think it's all the wrestling fans. Or, definitely, I want to play, definitely, I play devil's times, advocate. Okay. I kind of understand where he's coming from. The problem sure. is you are a public face, public-facing figure, and you just have to tune that shit out, dude. Yes, we all do. Twitter, wrestling Twitter sucks. It's, it's, it's toxic tr- as hell. Trust and, me. And trust there's a reason me. I stay off of it for 99% of the time. Uh, you know, we as a show try to engage with the people we want to engage with, but there's a reason that we're not on there as more than we are. And you need to just tune it out and go do something besides read Twitter because all you're going to read is negativity 99% of the time. 
So what are you? Oh, I just, again, tact. I'll throw my word back out there. Tact. You've you've yeah. burned all the bridges now, brother. And uh, well, I wish you I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> I mean, if you burn a bridge with MLW, you're really in trouble. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 they've shown that they're willing to work with some of the most troublesome people in in the wrestling world, and you know he had the opportunity to go out there and rebuild fan trust and fan support. Uh, apparently, the locker room wasn't happy with him, but again, that's just rumor and speculation. I don't have that from an actual source, um, from a, a legitimate source, I should say. But at the same time, like there was an opportunity here for him to go out, hit the reset button, and try again. And, and as you said, Nick, there is also the argument, yes, wrestling Twitter, Twitter can be really toxic, and when fans go for you, they can be really vicious. At the same time, there is something more going on here um, where this, this guy definitely needs, someone's got to sit him down and screw his head on straight. Yeah. Because he has so much talent and so much opportunity, and if he tunes out, Whatever it is in his head that's sabotaging himself, and whatever is whatever other elements that are out there that are tormenting him, he's got all of the chances in the world. The other thing that was crazy to me is is last night he tweeted out, um, "I'm I'm going to try and find it here real quick because he has a god of he's got a lot of tweets in the last 24 hours. Like I said, somebody somebody uh, needed to keep him off of of Twitter." Um, okay, here it is. I found it 17 hours ago. He said, I think AEW is awesome. And I'm, uh, this is his words. But me heart is being a WWE superstar and becoming one of the absolute best ever to do it, period. Uh, this was an answer to a question, what would it take for you to get back in WWE or another major promotion in the States like AEW? So I thought you just left WWE because they were racist and you hate them and you're really mad at them. Now he says my heart is being a WWE superstar. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on in, in, in my man's head here. I don't anymore. And I, like I said, I wish him the best. I just, I, I wish someone would get him some help. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MLW working with tough people, Teddy Hart, I reported last week that uh, he'd gone AWOL from MLW. Well, they officially have cut ties with Teddy Hart. There's a great article I found that's just a big picture of Teddy Hart. It's a Teddy Hart and MLW. And at the bottom, the, the whole article is just MLW has severed ties with Teddy Hart. No explanation. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> None needed. None needed. If you know anything about Teddy Hart, uh, you know that this, this probably has been coming for a while and it makes a total amount of sense. If you don't know, I'll post the video of Teddy Hart like on high on coke ranting in a car with a disco ball in it. Uh, you'll see what I mean. It's, it's, it's insanity. Uh, so yeah, Teddy Hart out of MLW. ACH in? We don't know. We don't know what's going on with ACH. No, he quit wrestling. Remember? Oh, I'm sure. Okay, well, wait and see. So did I mean, Rick Flair said he doesn't retired. negate a contract. You know? Yeah, <laughs> everyone always says they're retired and then they come back. Right. Uh, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics. Bobby Fulton has throat cancer. He just mm. announced it on Twitter. He asked for your prayers. He said, "Had a very important doctor's appointment today. News wasn't what I wanted to hear. I want no sympathy." Just informing you that I have cancer in my throat. It's going to be treated. Game plan is being put together this Tuesday. I want your continued prayers. No sympathy, just prayers. Thanks. Get well, Bobby. Get well, Bobby. One of the uh, Midnight Express's greatest opponents. 
Rock and Roll Express, uh, greatest, greatest opponents, Bobby Fulton with the Fantastics. So get well soon. Jordan Grace, as we mentioned, will be challenging Taya Valkyrie for the knockouts belt at Hard to Kill at the Bomb Factory in Dallas, Texas on January 12th. Also just added to the match, ODB. So now it's a three-way. Jordan Grace, Taya Valkyrie, and ODB. Sounds like that's a way out for Taya. Old Dirty Bastard? Title. No, ODB. You don't know ODB, go look her up at Impact. Yeah. Um, but uh, also at that show, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan for the heavyweight belt, and Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel for the X Division belt. Uh, NWA Power went home to their Into the Fire pay-per-view this week with a just a, if you haven't seen the show yet, Nick Aldis is just knocking these these studio promos out of the park. It's like he's watched every studio promo ever, internalized them all, and now is externalizing that in some of the greatest promos. Like, it's him and Jericho, for me, is some of the greatest modern promos right now. He's gone to the Ric Flair NWA school of promoing. (laughs) The four horsemen, yeah. just (laughs) Killing it. Love it. Killing it. Called out James Storm. End up, we're going to get a two out of three falls match between uh, James Storm and Nick Aldis. And I thought this was uh, interesting. We're going to have different refs for each yes. fall. It's interesting. That's so, clever. Right? So first fall, second fall, both are going to have a ref picked by each of the competitors. Third fall, I think they flip a coin. Who picks it? Um, so Tim, uh, sorry, James Storm picked Brian Hebner, and Nick Aldis picked Tim Storm, the guy he took the belt from in the first place. Uh, interesting huh, plot twist. Yes. Uh, that could be very interesting stuff. Camille has been given the night off because she was seen talking to James Storm. Naughty, naughty dun, Camille. Dun, dun. She, she was actually talking. speaking. She, well, you couldn't hear what she was saying. Right, of in course. His ear. <laughs> and the fact that Nick Aldis doesn't know what she said to him is driving him a little bit nuts. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh, also, this week, the Rock and Roll Express, Express beat the wild cards. The Rock and Roll Express are your old, new... NWA Tag Team Champions. What? They got one more run with it. That's Did I get cool. into the DeLorean and go back to 1988? And like, honestly, go check out this match. They actually, <laughs> like, for their age, they looked great. Wow. They looked great. So, wild. Wild. Rock and Roll Express is your NWA World Champions. What year is it? <laughs> uh, good Lord. And then, uh, finally, finally, there is a report out there. Uh, apparently, user Jack Honaker on Reddit reported that Jamie Noble was in his local Applebee's and for some reason walked over to a dude's table, flipped the table, and started choking dude out in the Applebee's. And I have done my best trying to find a report about this or something else about this. I don't know if Jamie Noble actually flipped the table at Applebee's and choked the dude out. But there's a report out there that he did and something about the fact that Jamie Noble still lives in a trailer park and is at the Applebee's choking dudes out and flipping tables is both really depressing and really awesome. Is he tall enough to flip a table? You damn right he is Jamie Noble. Flip your table, man. Don't you talk smack about Jamie Noble. All right. Or he'll right. flip your table. Maybe at he'll Applebee's flip my table, I guess. Right. He'll flip your table and choke you out 
at Applebee's. And that is the news, Nick. All right. Well, thank you, Sir Ian Dangerous. And thank you guys for joining us. Special shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks for hanging in with us today. Don't go anywhere. We are going to be right back after this show with our patron mailbag, as we do every Saturday. But guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group where you'll find a link to our Discord community uh, where you can get into all of the live chats for all the shows all, uh, all throughout the week, as well as dedicated cha- chat channels. Dedicated chat channels for every pay-per-view. As we close out the year here, we're heading into the road to WrestleMania, so those are going to be really fun chats to have. So make sure you're in Discord. Also, make sure you find the pin post on Facebook in the discussion group to vote on our inaugural Busties categories. So we are going to be launching for our (laughs) December patron bonus episode. We are going Uh. to be launching the Busties Awards, and we'll be doing these every year in December to give out uh, whatever categories you guys decide. So we put a few out there and asked you guys what you want. Whichever 10 get the most votes are going to be getting the awards. So thank you guys for your contributions so far, but keep voting. We're going to let that run until we do the show, I believe, sometime. You can vote on multiple different uh, ones at the same time. Vote for as many as you want to see because at the end... By the sometime before Christmas, we're going to do that episode, and so you guys have plenty of time to get your votes in. But don't wait. Yeah, make sure you get those in as soon as possible. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Follow us over there, uh, and streaming live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern at YouTube.com/slash Busted Wide Open. Come join us, everybody in the chat. We tell you that you're missing out on some good times by not being here live with us. If you can, we understand if you can't, but try if you can. Thanks to everybody that showed up today. We had a few newcomers show up, so shout out to you guys. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Uh, and you can also so make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and you jingle that little notification bell so you get alerted whenever we put up some new content or go live. And last but certainly not least, I mentioned we are going to do our patron mailbag, but to be able to submit questions for that, you got to be over at patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those exclusive reward tiers where you can get access to the show notes for each and every episode, the ability to ask, send in questions for the patron mailbag series, uh, other good perks, sweet swag, bonus episodes, you name it, we got it over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at datacenterdude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.